Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What was AOL or Yahoo Messenger out? Like, <laughs> did it exceed the uh, the transfer limit? <laughs> or maybe you know, maybe it was something to do with um, uh, like security. Like, it couldn't be sent digitally or something like that. Well, I mean, you can send a secure file, or you know, stuff. yeah, I do it. I do it all day at work, so I don't exactly. know why they haven't so figured it out. Because <laughs> I think it was. Well, I can't remember if I was reading Engadget or The Verge, and they're like. Yeah, like we don't understand why they couldn't use like a secure cloud server or, you know, or even an encrypted USB stick. It just it, the only the only sad option would be that they just don't have any of that equipment and they just had to use a CD-ROM because somebody had a CD-ROM lying around. And I remember, I remember the shit, the jokes that were going around saying, oh, by the way, Congress, you also got uh, 200 hours of AOL free on that disc. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, it's necessary. You know, it's, it really is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so bad. They put it in the they put it in the machine, and when they were trying to, all of a sudden you hear, like, <laughs> "You've got mail!" <laughs> and like, oh shit! I mean, <laughs> you got to log into your AOL account. <laughs> and then the only you know what it is is the the file is too big. It's 400, 400 megabytes. Right, it's it's huge because of so much fucking redacted shit. It's just big blocks <laughs> of black coloring. <laughs> it's actually not that bad. It's actually that's what I heard. Yeah. I haven't looked at it. Yeah, because uh, well, if you want, I can always upload it for you. If you want yeah, to turn right on, on. Um, of, course, of course, because uh, yeah, because I was reading and like, but the thing is, is that like the first couple of pages, like it immediately starts off with, yeah, this is some, this is the shit that why we did what we did. You know, and it, and I'm reading this. I'm like, going, holy fuck! Like, <laughs> like this isn't redacted. Like, you know, they, they, there's a good chunk in the middle that's redacted, but there's a lot of it that's not. There are a lot of people that were actually kind of surprised on how much that I threw, and not much of it is very, you know. Well, I heard flattering um, to to him. I heard the Democrats are thinking about reopening that that uh, impeachment case now. Yeah, which I think is kind of dumb because. You're not going to have support in the Senate, which you need, which I think some people need to take, you know, government 
<laughs> right. Know, uh, that they need the Senate in order to. That's why Clinton didn't get impeached. And that's why uh, Johnson didn't get impeached because they didn't have control of the Senate. And, you know, it's like, oh, and you do that, you're just kind of asking for a world of hurt. And look, we got an election in a year. Just fucking, you know. Yeah, at this point, this at this point, it's, it's, um, it's like, redundant. It's like, you know what it's I mean? like firing a guy on his last day, you know? Like, right. You know? Now you're just trying to prove a point. You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? Like, now you're just being a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, understandable. Which Trump did himself. What was that? One guy that was set to retire and then he fires him the day before his retirement yeah. so he doesn't get his fucking pension. I was like, I was like bro, really? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, Is I this mean, what we're doing? I mean, I'm all for being a dick, but come on. Even that's kind of cold. You even had mobsters that are going, bro. That's fucking cool. It's like, are you for real right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, today, uh, you know, I don't know if you heard about those uh, bombings in Sri Lanka, those churches. I did hear about yeah, it, yeah. And uh, I, told, I, I told my brother, I go, that's why I don't go to church because it can be bombed. That's why I don't go jogging because that's who finds the bodies. I don't go to school because <laughs> that's where you get shot. I go, you know, so that's why I stay at home because, yeah, I want to meet God, but I'm not in a hurry. Like, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I heard about Cold it. Cold callous, I, um, yes, but truthful. <laughs> I don't. I don't know any details. I just heard that it happened, and yeah, I was like, like, "Oh, it sucks." Like eight, eight explosions. Six of them went off at the same time. It's yeah. Like, Jesus. It's like, come on. And then some fucking lady in the U.S. went into a church with a baby and a gun, saying that the people in the church have to die, or something like that. And then, like, she before she could do anything, a couple of the parishioners tackled her. I was like, oh, it's just ridiculous. Like, like why? Like, yeah. why are we causing problems? And then that chick, you know in, I mean? that chick that had a, a hard on for the guys from Columbine went, made a threat to all the Colorado schools in that district yeah. and ended up killing herself. I'm like, couldn't you just have done that without, like, you know, the threats and shit? It's like, God, the fuck, man? People are fucking crazy. That's our listener base, too. <laughs> I heard uh, on a good note or a tragedy out of a um a negative over a billion dollars have been donated um to the Notre Dame Restoration Fund. Yeah, but you hear and people are bitching about that. Who's bitching about it? Most uh, a lot of you know that money could be used to like, you know, feed the poor and the homeless and all that stuff. And I'm like Yeah, something that the Catholics do all the time. So <laughs> It essentially is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I heard about that. I was like, and then Ubisoft. Yeah, Ubisoft. <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> so we, I don't, if you haven't been with the show, if you've been with the show for a while, you know that <laughs> Assassin's Creed Unity was a was a joke because they kept trying to give it away with things, and it was always unsafe. And it was it, such it, a shitty. It, it, like, it, it, it was. It was. It. It was the first game out for the PlayStation 4 and just had the shittiest fucking botched release ever. Right. Even it's the, a good it's a solid game right now. Now, yeah. Um but <laughs> so now so something that's very gracious and and a and a great thing for Ubisoft to do. But they they are giving away and this is an announcement for everybody. They're giving away a copy of um Assassin's Creed Unity through their uh Uplay app on PC. For free, anyone can grab a copy until the 25th. Now, the reason for this, if you don't know, Unity takes place in France, in Paris. And um, the game designer that made the Notre Dame 
um, cathedral in the game. It took him two years to make it, and it's now the most detailed um, schematic of the cathedral. So they're actually going to be using it in reverse to help with the restoration project, which was pretty cool. Um, and Ubisoft is a French uh, company. They donated so, like 500 and some odd thousand dollars to the, uh, to the restoration. Right. I'm telling you, man. And so, well, um, so of course, you know, we, <laughs> of course we couldn't help, but just laugh because it was just like, wow, unity, right? You know, no matter how many times we, as the lazy geeks try to let that go, it just keeps coming back into our lap. Cause I think a year ago they did that thing where they did something with unity. We just started laughing again. And, yeah, this was back, what, what was it, 2014? Like, the first year of the PlayStation 4? Yeah. And, uh, because they, I remember that because they released two games that year. One for the PlayStation 3, which was Assassin's Creed Rogue, which was a great game. And then they did Assassin's Creed Unity, which just had such a botched release. And uh, it was like, and it like immediately went on sale. And like, yeah, once they got all the bugs and kinks out of it, it's it's a great game. It's a solid game. But it was just one of those where you were just like, what in the actual fuck are they doing over there? <laughs> and that was the first one that they really had issues. Yeah. Um, with that game. I don't know. But listen, I grabbed the free copy. <laughs> Look, free is free. We're not playing games out here. <laughs> That's what I told because because I was telling Adam and Adam and I were kind of cracking up over text. And then he's like, and I'm not saying that I just, you know, installed Uplay. <laughs> On a right. <laughs> on a virtual drive, so I can uh, download the game. I'm like, hey, free is free, you know. It's like <laughs> right because I'm running Linux and UPlay doesn't. I mean, I think you can get it to work with Linux, uh, but they have anti cheat software, which is problems with all. While they're working on that, but <laughs> Linux doesn't play well with anti cheat software <laughs> because the anti cheat software thinks Linux is a cheat, right? So which it is, which it is, no. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I installed Windows 7 on a virtual machine just so I could install Uplay so I could add it to my account. Because that's what we do for a free game. That's right. It took me 45 minutes. Okay? I was doing other stuff. But, but. listen, we do what we need to do. Okay? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right. Welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. All right. So, uh before we get into everything, let's let's, let's get some housekeeping done. Uh, you guys may remember a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that I was attempting to unify our shows under the new The Lazy Geeks moniker. Uh, well, after a couple of weeks, I managed to rename all the past 300 plus episodes with the new ones the, under The Lazy Geeks. So even when you head over to the site now, you can see all 300 plus episodes under The Lazy Geeks. I removed The Lazy Geeks podcast, and in the coming weeks, I'll modify their artwork so they all have a single unifying cover. Uh, last and last week we mentioned that we will be taking a, a week off, but things have evolved. Next week will be our last regularly scheduled episode for April. And it's actually kind of probably going to maybe a little bit of a condensed episode as uh, we're doing it before Adam starts moving because, uh, after that we'll be taking two weeks off. The main reason is Adam moving and I would like to give him some time to settle in and not have the podcast be an issue. But the second week is my birthday weekend on the 12th. So literally the day we record is actually my birthday. So I figured it was a good time to take some time off. So that, that was that. We'll return on Monday, May 20th. And then we'll be taking the weekend after that for Memorial Day. 
So the, the whole objective is to give us some planned time off. Since a weekly news show, it's hard to take time off or stack episodes to cover because we tried that at the end of last year and it kind of becomes a little difficult to yeah. fill the time when you're, you know, when actual stuff that you could talk about comes out while you're, while you're break, on break. But keep in mind that when we return to our regularly scheduled episodes in June, it'll be E3 and then it'll be Comic-Con and a bunch of other stuff. And our next week will probably come in September when uh, we'll take two weeks off around Labor Day. So plan accordingly. I haven't decided if I'm going to do any rewinds during that time, but uh, you know, I'll let you know. So yeah, so next week's will be our last regularly scheduled. But like I said, it'll, it'll be a little more condensed. Because we're going to record earlier than usual, so which means we won't have our Doom Patrol in there. We might be able to get uh, the Orville in, but that's not a guarantee. But when we come back on the 20th, we'll have recaps of all everything up to that point. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. You guys, you ready to move over there? Um, yeah, we just got to pack <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more, um, but... Other than that, we're pretty much good to go. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was funny because you know my wife was like, "I don't like the new place," and blah blah blah. So I finally go, "All right, well, fuck it." You know, then we don't move there. And she's like, "Hold on, slow down." <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's more because our oldest daughter is getting older. She's nineteen, and she's been. Not negative in a negative way, but but leaning towards moving out soon. Mm. And my wife is feeling a little, you know, empty nester, even though you still have like four other kids there, right? Five other children in the house, but that was her first kid, obviously. And um, that's the one that I essentially adopted. So that's that's like uh, they have a weird because it used to be just him, her, and it used to be just them two. Um, so that, so she's a little less balanced. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I told her, I said, but that's what you want. You want her to move out. Right. Um, be not because she's in the way, but because she needs to be an adult. I don't want, I don't want children that stay, stay with their parents until they're 30, which seems to be the new thing now. <laughs> and I'm like, no, they, they need to figure it out. You know, because I was talking to a buddy of mine and I love the guy, you know, and he's he's 20, he's 29. He lives with his mom. He's never moved out. And I and he goes, well, you know, just nowadays, everything's so expensive. I'm like, no, it's not. You have a car. You have a brand new car that's paid off. Um, you eat out every day. You you can you buy whatever you want, whenever you want. You can't live like that and be an adult. No. You have to you have to work your way up to that. I said you could afford an apartment. The one bedroom. You could afford to live on your own. You just don't want to. <laughs> you want well, yeah, because it's, you, it's you, kind of that whole thing of like, well, I have everything here, so why bother? Right. And I, that's fine. And I, I told him, I said, that's fine. But if girls don't come a pounding on your door, <laughs> don't don't be confused. Shh, you gotta wake up mom. <laughs> right. Don't call Keep me daddy. My, my mom has to wake up early in the morning. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> Don't say daddy too loud. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so the the move the move is going. It was it was really shitty this because it was kind of dropped on us the last week of last month that we we're gonna have to move. We're not gonna be able to redo our lease. And we're like, oh shit. <laughs> we're <laughs> like trying to find a place real fast. And uh, we found this place. I think it's nice. It's it's a brand new place, so I'm gonna be the first family living in the apartment. Oh, that's good. 
they call them apartments, but they're basically townhouse. They're separate. They're not connected to anything. Like they're they're like little houses. Mm-hmm. No upstairs, no nothing like that. Um, and everything's brand new inside. Microwave, fridge, everything's energy efficient. Um, each room has at least one outlet that also has USBs in it, so you can plug you know oh, your phone nice. into to charge it. Nice. I've seen those. It, they they sell. Um, the home ver- the home kits where you can you know mm-hmm. do that here and I was thinking like, oh that'd be kind of cool to have that in the wall and then just yeah plug it directly into that they have they have some that just plug right into the existing plug oh yeah and then it has USB um and then also it has a smart panel um because and I didn't verify this because I was looking at other shit <laughs> like you know washer and dryer <laughs> like important <laughs> stuff but I think every room has an Ethernet hookup oh nice. And then there's a smart panel in the master bedroom closet, and you just hook the router into that, and then the whole house is wired um, for for Ethernet. So I was like, "That's fucking great!" Oh, yeah, you know, I'm, cool. I love that. Yeah. You know, so. All right. Well, uh, I guess on that we should just jump right into our short takes. Yes. Why don't you take us in? Take us in, nice and smoothly. <laughs> You know, like oh. a fucking jet engine. <laughs> yeah. Take us in with the grace of a rhino in a glass right. shop, you know? <laughs> so during Star Wars um, celebration in Chicago last week, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy confirmed that they are working on developing something related to Knights of the Old Republic. She didn't mention who was developing it or what they had in mind, but this confirmed earlier rumors that the guys behind the HBO series Game of Thrones we're looking to develop their trilogy in that era. I'm down with it. Dude. So am I, dude. Like I have both of those games too. I just bought them for Steam on a Steam sale, and I, I want to play them again. Oh my god, like so fun. Because like to me, it's one of those things where you know we, you know, because you and I have talked about this a lot, where you know certain tr- certain the the franchises in order for these franchises to go, they got to take us into places we've never been before. Not pre, not like. Oh well, it's set in the time of this, you know, or in the time of this, and you know, like we did with Discovery or, or like Solo and Rogue One and all that shit. It's like, no, we need to go beyond and explore some of the stuff that has been mentioned before. And then Knights yes. of the Old Republic, you know, I mean, fucking war between Sith and the Jedi. Like, how do we not want to see that? <laughs> you know? I need to see all of it. Th- those games, I have such. I almost don't want to play the games again because I don't want them to be shit. Like, you know how you, you have such fond memories of a game and then you play it again. You're like, oh, my God, this is too dated. I can't play this. Well, yeah, it's like uh, Patrick and I were talking about like one of our fa- him, him our favorite game is uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Yes. And fucking amazing game. And I had such fond memories of playing the shit out of that game. And then I, I remember when I set up all my my consoles, I threw in uh, Shadows of the Empire. And I'm like, wow, is this what it looked like? yeah <laughs> like, you know it's the same thing when you play like uh uh what's that game oh my god um max Payne. like you remember yeah. just how badass it was and then you you play it again you're like wow why does the face look like fucking something out of minecraft <laughs> <laughs> it's not even the graphics for me it's speed like oh, yeah. a, a perfect example is the original diablo it's like goes two times slower than the other <laughs> diablo games and it's just so noticeable <laughs> and you're like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i know but I'm so looking forward to that. If they, I, I, I hope that keeps going. I want to see what that looks like. They need, they need to do something because uh, the um, Star Wars deserves some proper video games. I mean, it, Star Wars and Star Trek yeah. deserves some proper video games. 
So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, the Amazon Google feud began back in 2000, the year 2017. It looks like peace was finally achieved. This week, it was announced that Google will finally have YouTube and YouTube TV return to the Amazon's Fire Stick and Prime Video return to Google's Chromecast devices. So if you have a Fire Stick and moved on to something else, you can come back now because that these petty feuds only hurt their consumers and make people go to gaming consoles or Apple TV. And by the way, Apple and Microsoft and PlayStation, thank you for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's, it's, it's hard to believe it's only been like a little over a year that these right. guys have been, you know, fighting over this and all fucking because of the echo. And I'm just like, really? Or shit no one cares about, you know? Yeah. It's like, whatever. <laughs> it's like, pick your battles, dude. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Is this the is this the hill you want to die on? Like, exactly. <laughs> this is where you choose to die. Okay. Right. This is where you want to be when Jesus comes back <laughs> on Easter Sunday. Right. You know. <laughs> so it was revealed on Friday that DC Universe's upcoming Swamp Thing has stopped production with their tenth episode instead of the planned thirteen. No real reason was given for the shortening of the season except to say it was due to creative issues. Uh, series staff Virginia Madison took to social media to confirm the news and complained that the people that never set foot on the set have no idea what's going on. The series is st- set to debut um, at the end of May. No, Siri. I'm going to turn this fucking iPhone <laughs> off. This thing loves me. Um, so I also heard a rumor um, that Warner Brothers Media – is planning a massive streaming service yeah, with all of their stuff. And a lot of people, that's the only thing that's been said, but a lot of people are, are taking from that. They probably don't know what to do with DC universe because it would be weird for them to have two streaming services. Yeah. I've been hearing that. Uh, I've been hearing that, that it's possible that they may consolidate because DC universe was made before the acquisition by AT&T. Um, but I've also heard things that on the financial side saying that because DC Universe is actually so niche that it might not be making the money. And I know right now at and is really cutting down on what they're spending and only trying to spend money, basically cut what they need to cut and save money to pay off, um, pay for the merger. And all but the problem that. with that is too is Doom Patrol – that now D- DC or Warner Brothers hasn't announced ratings or anything, but Doom Patrol is one of the most popular streaming shows yeah. right now. So who, like, where is it? Where does it end? You know, where who, who's who's making money here? Right. You know what and, I mean, I mean we already have Titans too, supposedly going to go into production. So yeah, you know, it's it's possible they could integrate this into part of the Warner Media and basically make it like, oh, sign up for this and you can get DC Universe and all this other bullshit that that well, we could. Have. It could also very simply, and this happens all the time. We're hyped about Swamp Thing, but maybe the powers that be swooped in and was like, this doesn't look like it's going to do right incredibly well, you know, and they cut it down to 10, 10 episodes. Yeah. Maybe, you know, and yeah, who maybe, knows? Maybe, yeah, yeah exactly. Because you know, and the, yeah, the flip side is, yeah, maybe, maybe the story wasn't going where you know, even eight, you know, where even the heads were like, mm, I'm not really feeling this. Yeah, because you got to figure, 
they saw what was happening with Doom Patrol and they let that go for 13 episodes, <laughs> you know? Right. So it's, and that, that shit's gotten, that shit's uber weird. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting to see what might happen. But with I, think that, I think what saves Doom Patrol from that is that's kind of its calling card is yeah. that it's fucking strange. You know, if it wasn't strange, it would be strange. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But I, I think with, with Swamp Thing, we're hearing that they're trying to go for a horror thing, you know, and um, that's kind of the opposite of what currently is on there. Yeah. You know, just because it's a comic book character doesn't mean it matches tone. You know, so you have to – I don't know because Swamp Thing's kind of a hard sell anyway. Yeah, because all – you know, I think some – you know, they didn't – they did Swamp Thing before as a movie and it was just pretty kind of ch- – it's because you can't – Swamp Thing store – good Swamp Thing stories never have Swamp Thing as the star. He's always there right. and something's going on involving him, but you're following around characters that actually talk about something other than the fucking green because that's <laughs> all he talks about. Yeah. And he stays in the swamp and he protects the swamp. That's all he ever does. <laughs> you know, So it's it's – it's more interesting when you have other characters. I think that's what they were trying to do is that it's the town that he that his swamp is in. Mm-hmm. You know, he's Shrek essentially. <laughs> God, yeah, and you see her donkey. <laughs> get out of my swamp! <laughs> get out, of, donkey! Get out of my swamp! <laughs> swamp thing's fucking weird. Huh? <laughs> Isn't Constantine a friend of his? Yes. Yeah, that would be well. Yes, as as much as anyone's a friend of Constantine. Well, yes. yeah, well, yeah. I mean, okay, maybe I should say, doesn't he know Constantine? <laughs> he's worked. He's worked with Swamp Thing. Any any time, because Swamp Thing is 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 one of the more powerful magic users, um, in his in his realm. You know what I mean? So they cross paths a lot. Um, not a lot, but sometimes. But uh, Constantine usually goes and finds him annoys the fuck out of him um <laughs> and then he'll help him so he'll go away like that kind of shit right like anyone else <laughs> <laughs> like everybody in your life you know <laughs> like everyone who constantine talks to <laughs> uh all right executive producer alec kurtzman revealed on friday a day after the season finale of star trek discovery that the series will take place in the future according to kurtzman quote we love playing with canon. It's a delight and a privilege. It's fun to explore nooks and crannies of the universe that people haven't fully explored yet. And that being said, we felt strongly that we wanted to give ourselves an entirely new energy for season three with a whole new set of problems, end quote. Uh, they're going to the future, which is something I said back in 2017. Mm-hmm. When, and. I remember. Yeah, it is. It's funny. And I think I argued with you. Yeah, you did. You did yeah. actually argue with me. And you, but you, the thing is, is yeah, it was agree to disagree. But the thing was, is I had said that, and this was like just after I think the the two the two episode pilot, is that it needed it should have taken place in the future because it was so technologically far beyond what the original series was because it's supposed to take place before the original series yeah. that it just should have just been set in the future because, and then you agreed with me too, that we haven't seen anything beyond Voyager. It's like, that's what we yeah, should Yeah, I agreed that we need something in the future. But you, but when you suggested that Discovery was going to go into the future, I was like, I don't, what? I don't <laughs> see how, I didn't just didn't see how it was going to happen. But, but in my defense... At the time, 
Discovery was they were just fighting Klingons. Like it wasn't it wasn't like all this weird twisty shit going on. <laughs> you know, so um I'm super excited about it. Yeah. What, 900 years in the future? So it's it's 33rd century. The 33rd century. So this is Which has only been mentioned one time by Captain James Tiberius Kirk in some episode. I forget the name of the episode, but he was talking to some entity and he said that the 33rd century is probably when humanity will figure itself out. It was like an off the cuff, (laughs) like just whatever thing. Because it was so far into the future. When was the, so. when was the temporal Cold War supposed to 29th century? I think so, yeah. Okay, so it's far beyond that one. So that's actually kind of cool. So we have nothing, you know. I don't uh, even no, – we don't know anything about the 33. We don't know if there's a federation. Right. We don't know if humans are even around well, still. We don't know anything. Because remember, like, her, uh, what is it? Well, we'll talk about that when we get into that because I was yeah. about to go into something else. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Let's just save that for later. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that time jump. Uh, that's going to be really interesting and it kind of is, is going to be nice because now it's like, okay, you know, the ship to, to me, the ship is going to kind of fit in the future because the design of, of discovery is like far advanced, far beyond any of the other ships in Starfleet at that point. So right. it just seems like it's going to fit at that point. And also they, well, oh no, fuck. I'll wait. God damn it. <laughs> I know. It's like, ah, we can go into this now. Uh, all right, so we'll jump right into our watch list. Uh, the Orville, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, episode 13. So in a time travel accident, Kelly comes across your, herself from seven years earlier, just after her first date with Ed. Kelly is faced with who she was to who she's become. Um, this was, it, it, for a little bit, I, I actually, and, and I'm pretty sure you probably agree, this almost seemed like it was going to be a retelling of that Star Trek episode where Will... The two, the the two, two Rikers. Rikers. Yeah. Yeah. It did, it did seem like that in the beginning. Because <laughs> I thought, like, are we seriously going to retell? We already were to- told a Geordi episode, like, are we going to go this route too? But nice. And honestly, to- I was fine with it. Because we can always use two that. Kellys. <laughs> we, That's, oh, we sure fucking can. <laughs> oh, man, when she came out in that outfit... With that, uh, she's gonna was sleep with Ed. I was like, oh. I was like, thank you, Lord, <laughs> Lord Jesus. Exactly. It's like, see, this is why I'm a believer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it was kind of weird that they that out of like, so what was Isaac doing? Like creating this temporal, like this time travel device on his spare time. Like, <laughs> I have some time. Uh, yeah, I guess time because. Travel. He said it was one of the few things that Kalons can't understand. They don't understand. So I don't know. There's a lot of suspend belief going on in Orville sometimes, (laughs) but they're slick about it. Like one big suspend belief is why are we still not addressing the big elephant of the room every time the fucking Kalon is there? Oh, right. Because he was a fucking – he almost killed everyone. Right. But now they're running from Kalon ships as we see in this this episode. Yeah. It was a – like it was kind of cool because you got to see like because because you have Ed and Kelly kind of still going back and forth between him wanting to be, get back together with her and her like no you know it's like I'm first officer you're captain and you know we're kind of beyond that blah 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 and then it kind of becomes a little it gives a cool little twist because then Ed kind of gets Kelly just after the first date and so he could like repair the mistakes he made yeah you know but then he has 
Kelly who hasn't gone through those and hears about all the stuff. I kind of like when they tell her what happened between them and they're like, so who cheated on who? Well, yeah, you know, it's a complicated story. Yeah, you know, it, there was a lot going on. <laughs> like, it's like they're trying to cover <laughs> exactly what happened. It was funny because she was trying – he was trying to not make her look bad. Right. Which I thought was funny. And it's like I would have said this bitch cheated on me, motherfucker. What's up? But it's it's kind of a nice jump because remember in the, in the pilot episode where he's like – you see, you know, where he's telling that uh, the Krill – He's like, you yeah. seem like a good man. You know, if somebody devoted a lot of work, you know, <laughs> they're like, really, we're going to air this out here. <laughs> um, but uh, my, uh, one of my favorite parts was when they uh, when Kelly invited Talia and Bordis and uh, Gordon to go to that club uh, club yeah. they had. And they're like, music's so loud. <laughs> and yeah, Talia and Kelly are over there dancing. And then you see like Bordis and he. Bordis and his, his spouse <laughs> were was fucking dying. We're bunking out like hardcore. <laughs> they were totally into it. Oh, that was awesome. They're like, and there's like, isn't the music a little loud? The bathroom's over there. <laughs> right. Oh my god. I just I couldn't stop laughing seeing the way they were funking out at that club. It was hilarious. Um But uh yeah, like it was I the, the and then the it and ending on the cliffhanger, I thought was kind of interesting. Like her waking up and then her say when Ed calls her saying, "I don't think it's going to work out." And I'm like, "Oh shit, that's going to change the future." Yeah. But it's like right after that episode ended, my brother and I are talking. I'm like, "Well, would he still be commander?" I go, "Yeah, because he, if he never got married to Kelly, he would have still been on that Captain Fast Track, so he probably still would have become a captain. But she wouldn't be an officer with him." Or maybe they would, you know, but they just wouldn't have that future. But then, you know, all it's, so it's kind of like, where all that? And it kind of seemed like they're kind of, now that I look at it, it seems like they're kind of leading up to that. Because remember with, um, when Gordon had that, uh, uh, where he fell for the holographic chick? Yeah. And Kelly said, well, yeah. And when he tried to remove her boyfriend, she didn't sing anymore and do all that. And then Kelly said, well, yeah, you know, her, her not you know, the things that she picked up from Ed, but then you took Kelly out of the equation because, well, there would have been no Orville and nor that. And I'm like, but would it though? Because he worked really hard beforehand and he, and the only reason he didn't become a captain was because of the whole marriage thing. So I'm like, wouldn't he have still been a captain? But it, Yeah, I think he was already on track for that. Yeah. But, but she was, she also pushed him in the right direction after they divorced. Remember? Right. Yeah. She got him, she got him the, uh, the, the um, yeah because he was kind of a fuck up or he made too many mistakes yeah afterwards um, because he kind of just like fell out and just stopped doing shit yeah so who fucking knows man and and it's it's interesting i really want to see um what's gonna happen with that yeah and and it's weird because there was a shot i could have sworn in the in the preview that the old and or <laughs> because remember they said the old and young kelly and she's like couldn't we just say the present and past <laughs> like i was like oh yeah because you're calling her or call old. one like cal or something yeah. like <laughs> well i have a middle name they stay pull out the whole thomas thing yeah right <laughs> i'll go by well middle name is thomas Riker. so someone probably brought that up in the writing room they were like oh no i've seen enough statutes no we can't do that like we're already fucking walking the line here <laughs> uh oh have you have on speaking of this is actually in regards to star trek have you um 
I know you haven't been on Twitter much lately, but have you uh, followed the uh, Discovery writing, writing Room? They have a Star Trek Discovery Writing Room. And what they do is, is they always tweet out what they overhear the writers saying in the writer's room. And, oh, shit. And, they, and it's just random shit. Like they go, overheard from the writer's room. And then Michael throws a sandwich at it. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. And it's like I was all excited. I was like, "What?" But they they do like they make references or something like that. So you're kind of like, "What the hell are they talking about?" So it's it's kind of a cool little follow, nice little tease for whatever you know. Um, but yeah, so but yeah, I haven't fucking with social media at all this last couple of weeks. I've been too busy. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna have to fuck with it now, motherfucker. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so this so next week's episode is going to be pretty interesting. I'm I'm, cur- I'm very curious to see how they wrap this one up. Oh, well, can I can I say something real quick? Uh huh. It's on April twentieth, which as of recording yesterday. was yesterday. It was my Twitter anniversary. Aw. Yeah. Happy Twitterverse. Twitterversary. Nine, nine years on Twitter. Híjole. Did, did I use it all nine years? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I signed up for it, used it for a week, and then didn't use it for like <laughs> eight years. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the same thing with me. Like I signed up for Twitter and didn't use it for like a couple of years. Uh, all right, so next episode is Doom Patrol, Hair Patrol, episode 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vic and Rita face a dangerous man known as the Beard Hunter who That's has right. been activated by the Bureau of Normalcy to find Niles Calder. So this episode actually touches back to uh, to the episode where uh, uh, was it uh, Larry and um, and uh, Cyborg? God, I forgot his name for a minute. Uh, I was gonna be like the black dude. Uh, <laughs> the black dude <laughs> uh, went to uh, what's his name? Danny the Street. Yeah. Yeah. And we got introduced to the Bureau of Normalcy. So <laughs> this episode was kind of all over the place. Yeah, it it was kind of interesting how they did it because it was t- it took place during last episode. Yeah, it took place during last week's episode. So Cliff and Jane were kind of out of commission the entire time. So this happens all during that time that they were away. And it starts basically. It's, it's just Rita and um and, and Cyborg. Yeah. And uh, and the new character, the Beard Hunter, I well, he kind of came and gone, right? Um, I so love- interesting thing about the Beard Hunter, real quick, real character, mm-hmm. um, from Doom Patrol. Uh, he never had a superpower, and he was a poor fighter and relied on guns, and he was basically there for for laughs. But in the show, it looks like they gave them he they gave him a really weird. <laughs> Um, superpower. He was called the Beard Hunter in the comic because he has, just like in the show, he has a hormone deficiency, so he can't grow a beard. Um, <laughs> even though you could tell the, let's be real, I could tell the actor shaved. Yeah, well, yeah, but whatever, we'll leave it alone. Um, he can't, he can't grow a beard, and he in the comic he just resented everyone that could and would just <laughs> try to kill everyone with a fucking beard. Um, but in the show, oh, it was so it, gross. He, it was so disgusting. I had to look away. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like immediately, I was like, well, let's see what's on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, what the fuck? Um, he, <laughs> first of all, let's, let's, let's slow down. <laughs> you find out this dude's pretty much a loser. He lives with his mom in the basement. 
<laughs> he's got pictures of beards everywhere. So his superpowers, if he if he ingests someone's beard hair, he'll know all their he'll he'll be he's basically connected to them to their mind. Right. Um, in real time, too, which we'll explain in a second. Uh, but he has like a fucking weird thing for beards because of that. Like he went to the grocery fetish, store. Maybe? For his, could we, could we, yeah. Can we call it a fetish? He went to the grocery store for his mom and he, he comes up on this one dude and he's just like licking his fucking lips. And then the dude looks at him and he goes <laughs> fucking old timer or something like that. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? I was, when he walked up to him, I was like, Oh my God, does he want to fuck this dude? Like <laughs> it was so gross. <laughs> Uh, I was favorite was when he came up to the the um, Bureau of Normalcy when the chick is a cashier and she's like, yeah. desperate times calls for people like you. Right. <laughs> like she had total disdain for him. It was great. Because he's gross. <laughs> so the, the Bureau of Normalcy recruits him to find Niles Calder. And so he ends up, uh, he... He starts looking for him, and he's got his weaponry is what brass knuckles and guns and knives, and he has trouble getting into his costume. He's like, "Mom, I need help." He's like, "You can't get into your costume. It's not a costume." (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's so fucking ridiculous! I was laughing so fucking hard though. (laughs) It was it was hilarious. Like it was just like seeing this guy, and then he. He he tracks it back to the mansion, and then he gets into Niles's bathroom, and takes this little gadget, goes down into the into the fucking uh, sink, and manages to pull out some of Niles's hair, and then it's a long, slow scene of him ingesting it, just like oh god, totally look away, and um, he passes out, and then wakes up, and Vic and uh, Rita are there have him tied up and he keeps looking at fucking Vic. Cause Vic's got the little soul patch and you know, and yeah. you just see him just licking his lips and he's like, so wait, you ingest people's hair. I like how he's going, you ingest people's hair and you become part. Of it. And then all of a sudden he's, he, you see like, uh, the beard hunter kind of like, eh, like licking his lips. And then all of a sudden he's, yo, you better back up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's sitting, in a chair. he's sitting in a chair. He steps back on, you better back up. <laughs> <laughs> So then a piece of Cyborg's beard, like just a single hair, comes off, as as happens right. with hair. But the beard hunter saw it. So they leave the room and he's tied to the chair and he falls on the ground and snorts it. Yeah. And then fucking comes – Cyborg comes back in and he's whooping Cyborg's ass like, <laughs> because now he's connected to him connected to his mind and this is what i meant by real time is that anytime he took a swing he already knows he's gonna do it yeah so he was able to you know? he was able to dodge all his moves and take an and and because um cyborg's computer or uh you know processor realized it was uh there was an enemy threat it started taking control of his uh of his weaponry which we see which they, we saw have happened right in, like, it, the, the it, justice league movie it saw that the human part was compromised yeah and it took over and that leads into a whole fucking thing um, that connects to that painting where he's killed everybody right. from Jane. So we'll definitely hear about that later. Um, so this episode was just zany as fuck. But the cool thing is we got some we got some deep storyline stuff 
um, for the Chief. Yeah, for Niles. Yeah, it was actually really – now I'm like, how old is Niles? Yeah, 1914. <laughs> Well, but they kind of talked about he was looking for immortality. Yeah, but the thing was is that like we had already kind of wondered how old he was because when the episode the series started, we picked up and was it 1945 or 46 when he yeah. tried when he tried to stop uh Mr. Nobody. But then we see this the beginning of this episode, it's 1911. And you know, he's in the he's up in the Yukon till what 1915 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, so we're like, it's this, suddenly you start like, how old is this dude? And he's up there exploring because it was the, what was it? The Bureau of Oddities? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were looking for unique people and he was up there with a partner. And during the night they get attacked by wolves and, and he freaks out um, because his partner's getting attacked by a wolf and instead of helping him, he, he runs and then he falls, hurts himself, and then a creature comes up on him. And then he passes out and then wakes up in this cave with this, which it took me a while to realize that it was a woman. Uh, yeah. In the, in the cave. And uh, it was just really interesting, that whole, like, dynamic. Like, it's like, going, okay, so how does she fit into this whole thing? Yeah, and I think she's just a creature from a, and they explain it. Yeah. But it was so it was so funny because he's narrating, you know, right. kind of like it's a documentary. He's narrating, yeah. and they're they're doing this um this burial thing, like ceremony for someone who she murdered, um killed because the hunters came and she had yeah. killed the hunters, and um they're like Native American type stuff like lighting lighting the dead on fire, and then she's like chanting, and the whole time he's going. He's explained that he understands. He he's learning more and blah blah blah. And then that fucking creature comes out of nowhere, and you find because you, you kind of were led to believe that she was the creature, right? Like she was a fucking anamorph for something. And then the creature shows up and stands next to her and starts chanting. And then he goes, "I've come to learn that I know nothing." <laughs> I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking dying, dude. I was like, I love Timothy Dalton. Like, <laughs> he's such a. I want him to read. If he read all audiobooks, I I would be more into audiobooks. Oh God, yeah. I was enthralled like, with his fucking narration. Like, I dude. want to like write like a eulogy for myself and then just have oh, him God. read it and then have him read it. <laughs> like that would be, that's he's just got one of those like traditional British, like not uppity, but, but someone who has some, you know, education, right. You know, and you just, you hear it and you're like, I need to listen to this person because <laughs> he knows something. <laughs> he knows things. And so he decides, he ends up staying with the, with what's the character's what was the the person's name um oh god i can't remember what the which one the one that he the 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 woman he stays with up there i can't remember it's Um, some fucking weird name and uh so he stays with her and you know they they of course you know uh fall for each other and and you know that he he stays with her and decides that he wants to, you know, keep her a secret and protect her. And then he comes across his, Huawei. Huawei, yeah. O- Oiwei or Oiwei, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And he comes up across uh he comes up to the person that he when he arrived there was his friend and who he thought I guess died and he had scratches all over his face from a wolf attack. And it'd been at this point, I think four years 
that he that he said he attended his funeral and stuff like that. And uh, so they start walking, and then you find out that the department, the Bureau of Oddities, became because of the war became the Department of Normalcy, the Bureau of Normalcy. Right. The the his friend that's come back, or whatever, says um, that they still seek out oddities, but they destroy them. Right. Because that's which they don't really did. explain why the flip happened. Yeah. It's just the war. The war. Yeah. <laughs> but that covers a lot of things, you know. I'm right. Kind of oh yeah, the war. Okay. <laughs> the war. Oh, all right. And it's like I don't get it, the war. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Everything all makes sense now. Right. Um. And so as he's the guy's been tracking his he called his hairy girlfriend uh he's been tracking her and wants to find where she is so he can you know eliminate her but of course niles takes him out to a place where to uh, a frozen river that cracks underneath his weight and but this time doesn't save him and lets him drown into the water which is the same way that niles got sick early on because he (laughs) stepped on cracked ice and went through but at that point, he ends up returning back to, uh, to he surrender. He arrives at the because he said he had some like sixteen men or something like that that he yeah. had gone up there with, and he goes over to those men and uh, you know presents himself, and then take they take him back, and he says, "Oh yeah, I've, I've determined that there's nothing up there." You know, basically comes back to just protect her and um, keep things out of the way. But it seems like he that he has somewhere that she's with him somewhere. Like he brought her because at the end we have beard hunter who went to go find, who went to this place that that staircase he was walking out where it was all black and you just see the white stairs. It reminded me of fucking Max Payne. Ah. Like, like that. There's that whole sequence in Max Payne where he's dreaming and he's going down these steps and it's supposed to be like, he, all he hears is a screaming of his wife. It's just a real, real like, like oh my god kind of fucked up portion of of the original max Payne game but it reminded me of that and he found what was it like a it looked like a straw man of yeah of clip of niles and then the creature pops up and attacks beard the beard hunter so that's where we're left with that so yeah it'll it so it was it was a good balance like it was very kind of given a lot he gave a lot more character to Niles and then that whole conversation between Niles and uh Mr. Nobody yeah that was yeah. good <laughs> like, that there's a part of his mind he can't see yeah and i just i just love that whole thing and it was weird because like i'm looking at Mr. Nobody and he's wearing equestrian pants like i couldn't figure out why he was wearing like pants a horse who, rider wears who fucking knows <laughs> I don't even pay attention to that motherfucker anymore. He always was some wacky shit. But he, um, it definitely looked like at the end of this episode that he was going to be fucking with the Doom Patrol again next episode. Yeah. So we'll see. Doom Patrol is about to wrap up. Yeah. So, so we're getting into the final three episodes of the season. So it, yeah. it's going to happen some point. All right. So next we move on to Twilight Zone episode three replay. A woman sets out to prevent a racist state trooper from killing her son by using a camcorder with the powers to turn back time. Um, this was a really cool episode. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it has what's her name, Cena, uh, Cena Lathan, in it. Who's who? I can't remember where I saw her, but I know it's one of those actresses where 
you don't know where you see them, but when you do see them, you're like, oh, good. Yeah. I know it's going to be good. <laughs> so um, kind of following the trend of putting where he, he's – they've been getting uh, not giant names for the for the episodes, but names you know. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's a trip, isn't it? Like <laughs> in, in typical Twilight Zone fashion too – they don't explain why the magic is the magic. Right. It's just there. Well, yeah. You know? and, yeah. And that's and always the, something with the Twilight Zones. You never know right. how or why. It's just it's it's just part of it. Go with it. <laughs> and they kind of explain like later in the episode, like the old, you know, the old timers would talk about, you know, magic from the, the old country. from the old world oh, yeah, and the, the old, old country world. in this episode, speaking about African magic and stuff like that. So it's it's. um. It was interesting, though. But let's start from the beginning. I saw this episode like a week ago. Um, so, but which beginning? <laughs> right. She's taking her son to college at Tennessee. Okay, in Tennessee. Um, looks like a bright kid. You know, future ahead of him. He's going to be a filmmaker. Which, honestly, kind of, I think that was a nod to the director a little bit. Let's be real. I think it is, but you know, whatever. So she brought this fucking old nineties camcorder. I don't know why. And even the son was like, let's just use your phone. Like everybody else. Right. And she's like, yeah. And it used to be her father's. So she's recording him, you know, bullshitting around, blah, blah, blah. And he spills ketchup on his shirt. Like an idiot. <laughs> and but then he's like, you, done that? <laughs> right. And he's like, you better, I don't want that to show up on Facebook, which the, how complex it would be to get that analog <laughs> video off of there and on the Facebook. But anyway, I don't think she has the equipment or the know-how, but you know, I digress. Um, she hits rewind and it rewinds time. And she's the only one that notices. Right. Um, I think she writes off the first one though as like a deja just a vu. weird deja vu or you know. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm laughing because most of this episode's actually quite sad. Um what happens next? Did they leave? Yeah, um yeah, they leave and they see this cop come in and he's having breakfast or lunch or something like that. So they leave and then they go driving and he's driving. And then they have this argument about how, you know, he's talking to her uncle, uh, to his uncle, who her, her brother, and that there's obviously some strain in that relationship uh, between her and the rest of the family. And as they're driving, he's holding the camcorder trying to ask her questions, kind of, you know, being, you know, like, oh, let's talk about it while he's driving. And then uh, they get pulled over. And it's that cop from the, the uh, diner who pulls them over. Right. And, uh, you know, says he wants to see, you know, uh, you know, license registration. And he, and he was like, well, you know, I was that he was speeding. He's like, Do you know, why I pulled you over because I, I was driving a little fast. He's like, OK, since you know that, I'm going to let you, you know, warning. But I noticed you were holding a handheld device. And he asked him about, you know, are you recording? Turn off the recording and stuff like that. And then it led into an argument and she's trying to fuddle with it because the son and the cop are arguing and she hits rewind on there by accident and then they end up back at the diner. Right. 
Oh, by the way, the mother is a lawyer. Yeah. Um, just to, <laughs> it, it, it's important for a few things, but yeah. she's, she's, she's someone who, who it, she's not a, she's not in the, in the hood type of chick. Right. Like she's like well-learned and all that type of stuff. Like, but she gets treated like a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. why it's, it's something that needs to be known. And, but yeah, so they're back at the diner. And then they go through the, they go through this thing again where she's like, she knows something's up, but this time she, uh, they leave again. And yeah, she t- rushes out. Yeah, this she time. rushes out. It's hard. I remember the episode, but they do the same thing over and over again, right. and I forget which part, like which one we're doing now. Yeah, because then because <laughs> then they they drive, then they go driving, but she's driving, and she starts kind of having a panic attack about everything that's going on. They pull over to the side, and she's kind of freaking out, and the kids like, you know, what's wrong? You know, what's happening? And then the cop comes up again and then says, like, you know, she's having, she's at merch. She's like, okay, we'll, we'll take her. But first, before you do that, your vehicle is sitting across into traffic. Right, so some you need petty to, shit. Yeah, some petty shit. You need to move it off. And he's like, did you hear what I said? She's, you know, he's like, he's like, I heard that, but you need to do what I say first. Basically being a dick saying her thing is bad. You need to follow the law. So the kid gets upset with the cop again. And it looks like they're going to, he's pulling out, he's reaching for his taser. Right, and then she hits rewind again, and it takes it all the way back to the diner. So this next time around, she tries to defuse the situation um, by going to, like, then they go, then they go again, and they end up. They go to a motel. Motel, yeah. She says that she just want let's just have a night where we spend the night and just you know our last night together, blah blah blah. So they go to a motel, and then they're hanging out there. They're having a good time. She she starts looking at they look at the not lottery and then they they have this little like philosophical the kid has a philosophical idea like you know the universe just kind of happens it's predestined kind of kind of attitude and mm-hmm. uh, so she looks and they're having the lottery drawing so then she rewinds the camera and then says you have to come back anytime you have a break if I can guess the lottery numbers and she you know because she's seen it already she gets it and he's like oh shit and. Then there's a knock at the door. They go to the door. It's the fucking cop. And they said he's there because they got a noise complaint. And it was one of those where I looked at it and I go, oh, my God, if you watch enough time travel sci-fi shows, it seems like it's a fixed point in time. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it's a fixed point in time. And I go, it's like Final Destination. Like, no matter what you do to try to avoid it, it's going to happen. And And it was really that moment, too, where I thought that. And I'm like, okay, so no matter what she does, she's going to have to confront this dude somehow. So that's that's the key here. Yeah, is is where where does the confrontation take because, place? and the thing is, is because you know she has bad memories of her family, so she doesn't have anything to do with her family. She avoids her family. When the cop comes in, she's trying to do everything to kind of avoid a confrontation. So that's everything that you're seeing as the episode prog- progresses. That right. She's not really taking a stand or uh, what's it called, um, dealing with the issue. As opposed, mostly she's just trying to avoid the issue. So the next, so they go for this and it goes and it leads into a scuffle because he wants to see their ID and stuff like that. So it leads into a scuffle. Then she rewinds it again. They end up back at the diner, but this time she tries to circumvent the issue by trying to be cool with the cop, buys the cop apple pie, explains like her life and her son and all this stuff. And you can tell the cop just doesn't like her but it's kind of like i gotta put up with you because of my job 
Yeah, he's being professional, but he could give two fucks about what she's talking about. Exactly. And then when she he goes, "Is that your your what was it your Volvo out there?" It's yeah, it's a, a Volvo SUV. Yeah, and he goes, "It's kind of a nice car." Like, the fuck does that mean? You know, kind of thing. You know, nice for her. Then it goes into where they go to the car, and then the cop comes out and then wants to see license and registration. And he I, also wanted to see the pink slip. Yeah, the pink slip. And yeah. I, I was like, at first of all, if she's a lawyer, she should she would be like, for what cause? I'm sitting in a parking lot. You know, what cause do you have to to do to to do that? And but this time she gets frustrated with him, and the kid's like, "Yo, mom, you know what's going on? Like, you know, calm down." And then the kid's like, "Yeah, I got a picture of the pink slip in my phone." But they're arguing back and forth. So he goes, he goes, "Look, I got it right here." And the cop immediately reaches for a gun and shoots the kid in the chest. Kill, yeah, kills he son. came. He was holding his phone up or whatever. Yeah, and God, the look of fucking sheer horror on the mother's face. Oh, I know. Shook me, bro. <laughs> like I was like fucking a. And then the 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 look on the kid's face when he was shot, like that, just yeah. like you know that like some real good acting going on. A little <laughs> too good for my taste. I was like fucking Jesus. It's like they were pulling from a real place, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, so, so she has to basically identify the kid's body and then she asks for the camcorder. So the camcorder, she gets a camcorder, rewinds and takes her back there. This time she decides uh, before the cop even arrives, we're not, we need to go. You know, we need to get out of here. And the kid's like, right. but we haven't finished yet. She's like, no, we got to go. So as she goes to the door, there's that moment where the cop is coming in and they're leaving and they make eye contact and they kind of look at each other and then uh, then there's that moment where he just then opens the door for them and they walk out and then he walks back in and then they drive off and then she is starting to lose it. So then she tells the kid, I need it. I need help. And then the kid's like, kids shook. He's like, you never asked for that. What the fuck? So she tells him what's going on and he go, and it is basically like, well, why don't we just, you know, we need to face it. We need to, you know, find out what's going on you know, need some, maybe we need to go and ask for, for help. So this time, because earlier on in the episode, the kid had set navigation to go to his, to his uncle, her brother's home. And she said, no, we're not doing that. This time they go there. Because they got nowhere else to go at exactly. this point. And I go, when this is a total deviation from what they've done, the cool thing is the guy that plays her brother, I love that dude. I, I do too. That dude is in so many episodes. He always plays a fucking hard ass. And I, I always, yeah. I always love, uh, I think he was in the rock. I think that's what I remember seeing him in the rock. Was he in there? I Cause he, I couldn't place it either. Yeah. I think he was in the rock where, you know, he's like, I'm going to take pleasure in gutting you boy. <laughs> you know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great because I remember that line because then, uh, Nicholas cage in there, I'm going to take pleasure in gutting you boy. You know, he's like, do we Fuck. have a lot of this angry at my father testosterone kind of attitude going on here? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so she, so they meet up with him, and you know, there's tension between him because when their father died, she never came back. She never came back at all. She just like totally. She, her idea was, I need to get away from this, so I don't need to look at the past. I need to look towards the future. Wasn't it, it was her father? And two brothers? Yeah, because she said two of her brothers were killed in that town, and her other brother was shot. And it was all due to race-related race, yeah, stuff. Yeah, race-related stuff. And she knew that to survive, she needed to leave and not look back. Yeah, 
Because that's why I mean that's why the cop keeps chasing her. Right. Because I, I think in the whole episode, her her son and the uncle are the only black people in this town. Yeah, that I've seen. Yeah, that you see. And yeah. then she goes and you know they she tells him what's going on, and he believes her. You know, and that's when it goes into what Adam said earlier about you know you always hear the stories of the old timers. You know right. about you know stuff from the old country. So he goes. Because they've been gentrifying the neighborhood, he knows all the back alley and all the ways to just, they go, let's get him to college. Um, because at this point, you know, you see, it, which is actually really cool because it's very subtly placed in there. You see, like, for you to see how kind of militant the, the uncle is, you see off in the corner, the real kind of tiny corner, Black Lives Matter. A painting above the, uh, above the doorway of the dining room, you see, like, the fist, the, the raised fist. So you're like, okay, he's... He's of that ilk. Like, you know, we know who, how he is a untrusting of the law enforcement. So it's like, let's get this black kid to college. Right. And so they go through all these different patterns and you see like shots where the cops kind of riding around. And, and I'm like, if this is, I go, if this is time travel, there's no way they cannot confront him. Like they have to confront him at some point. Yeah, they have to. Yeah. Like it's uh, the show has already shown us no matter what direction she goes. There's only two there's only one other direction that she didn't try and that was back home. Yeah. But she can't go back home cuz she has to take <laughs> her son to the thing. Right. So it was it was definitely it, it was an interesting episode for me because at the yes, we're definitely talking about race relations and stuff like that, but more importantly, we're talking about something the character doesn't confront anything. She keeps running away from her problems. Because that was the, that was the whole impetus for her future was to leave that neighborhood and not confront anything and leave and leave it behind and not deal with it. And I think, and and listen, I'm, I'm not African American, but I feel to the bigger picture, something that I'm kind of hearing from the story is that a lot of, a lot of black people do that. They'll leave the bad neighborhood and never fucking think about it again. Like they're like, eh. And it's it's almost as if, you know, hey, you've made it out. You're doing better. Why don't you do something for your community and something for for your um your group of people? Right. Instead of try to elevate. Instead of making it better, you're just running away from pretending it never happened and avoiding it again. Yeah. And that and that's what the whole primary thing of this episode. But it was kind of cool that the way they did it with the concept of time and just like going back and it's it's you know, if you watched enough time travel episodes or even Doctor Who, you know, it's like fixed point in time. It's you're gonna confront that point. So no matter what you do, you're gonna have to figure out how to deal with it. So they get him to college but they get him right in front because they come out of the sewer, it looks like, or one of those like – Yeah, it, it, they, I think he said it was like during the slave times. It was like underground um, passages yeah. through the sewers, and it was right in front of the fucking college. Yeah, and they go right to the front of the school where everybody's showing up for you know uh, uh, freshman orientation. And then that cop rolls up and stops him right in front. And I love it too because like – the kid and the mom keep going, and the uncle turns and faces the cop, like going, "No, he's going to school." Like, yeah, yeah, even like, at even at the end, she's still trying to. I just have to get him into the school, right? Like, I'm just going to avoid. This. And keep in mind too, this school's predominantly black. Right. Um, the only white person there was the cop. Like, yeah. it, it, the dynamic immediately switched when they got to the school. Right. So it, obviously, the school's the safe house, but you can't just keep running away from it because. Because once she leaves, 
her son's going to have issues if he leaves the school, you know, stuff like that. Right. You know, so this was the big, the big standoff. And, uh, as it were. Yeah. And then finally she just said, you know, she goes up to face the cop and just is like, this is what she needed to do. She records him. And then he makes that kind of comment is like, what are you going to record me? You know, haven't you seen the news kind of thing? Like, you know, shit doesn't work around here. And then you have, and it's great too, because like the other cops come on and he has his gun on her. And then the other cops come up, but they pull their guns out, but that's not quite up. Like they're armed, but not like ready in a shooting position, like to shoot her. And they're kind of behind him. And then there's this face off between the cop and her. And then you start seeing all the, the kids from the school pick up their phones and they start recording like what's going on. And I'm like going, yeah, you ain't going to keep this one quiet, dude. Like, and you know, it comes down to just basically his, you know, that the reason he's doing this is because he's scared because, right. you know, you have educated, you have educated black kids coming up and that's the resentment that he has. And then she finally confronts him. But what makes the, the scene so cool is when you see the other cops in the background kind of look around like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and they're kind of looking at each other, like drop the, put the guns down. They start holstering their weapons. And then yeah, they, like they're, they're not racist, right? They're just there. Cause they thought there was an actual problem. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, there's nothing wrong here. <laughs> I mean, that guy looks like such a fucking asshole. Dude. Oh, it's, it's, it was, it, it was a really good episode. Yeah. Like I, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed everything in it. It had a couple of messages that were all really intertwined. It was a complex um, story. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this one. Um, definitely had more of a message that we didn't get in the last episode, um, which didn't mean I didn't enjoy that episode. It just was kind of like a cool story, cool story, bro. You know? <laughs> yeah, that should be the name. We should do if we ever do another podcast. That's what it'd be called, Cool Story, bro, <laughs> with Adam and Steve. Cool story, bro. <laughs> um, I do like how. Um, uh, Jordan Peele, the the director, um, he's keeping true to the old Twilight Zone where every episode has a socially conscious message, yeah. and it's it's um it and it doesn't feel like it's being rammed down my throat or it's being cheesy. It's being done in a in a way that is educating. It's in in because really the only the only context to real life is what you give it. Yeah. If if the story is told correctly, you know, and I think um, I think every episode so far has been has been really well. I, the weakest episode for me was the first one, the comedian one. Yeah, it was still good. But yeah. if I had to compare all three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely in, you know, like it's like this one is like of the three like this one is one of the best so far. The third one was the, or the, the first one to me was the the, weakest. the least the least socially conscious one. The 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 one. It's more about that character yeah. being a fuck up. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know I, I, mean? I I think in that one, to me, it's a little more of a human thing, more of a human yeah. trait of like, what are you willing to do? How far will you go to, you know, to to, to be successful? And at that point, right. it was like, I can't do this anymore. It's like someone you love, and then you just rather end up giving rid of yourself. Would you do that? You know that kind of stuff. Um. But yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in in the episode for next week, uh, which is the the police station one with Greg Kinnear and uh, Stephen. Uh, uh, the Traveler one. Yeah, yeah, that one looks interesting. Um, I do love the one thing that I the last thing I'll say on this one is I do like the little nods they give to the certain episodes that they're kind of modifying. You know, like this one you had the little 
devil's head on the fortune telling machine that you kind of there was the Shatner episode. You just had that quick little shot of that, and like in last week's episode, they had the little the four hundred thousand the thirty thousand feet one. There was which was the original Twilight Zone was the gremlin that was on the wing, and you had the little stuffed animal gremlin wash up on shore. It's just these little nods that I like that they do. But one thing my brother and I were talking about because my brother's been watching these with me now. He's like he goes. You know that guy, that uh, the narrator? And I go, Jordan Peele? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, he's so funny, but he can be so fucking creepy. And I was like, yeah. I go, it's so funny because like you and I were talking about earlier this week. like, And then I said, bitch. bitch. <laughs> you, know, you see that episode, you see that skit, and then you see him doing that. And you're like, wow, he just got like 90 degrees creepy. Like, well, it just, it just kind of proves too that, that Jordan Peele is just one of those like great storytellers. Yeah. You know, and, and he can tell the story from different angles. Um, and I think it's great. I think I think what they're doing with it is cool. They also brought some old back that's an iconic show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Let's go with it, you know. All right. And lastly, on our uh, on our watch list, the season finale of Star Trek Discovery, Such Sweet Sorrow, Part Two, Episode 14. So the USS Discovery battles against control in a fight not only for their lives but for the future. And with a little help from some unexpected friends, Spock and Bur- um, Burnham discern vital new connections between the red signals while Burnham faces one of life's harshest truths. The right decision isn't often the hardest to make. Or often the hardest to make. Um, bruh. <laughs> this yeah. episode was like... First of all, I watched this episode twice. <laughs> I've watched it three times. <laughs> right. The first time I watched it, I was at work. So there, it was early in the morning and I was like, I have to watch this fucking Star Trek episode. <laughs> so I put it on and I watched it and I got the story and all that. But I didn't really see it as much because it's on my phone. Right. And I was also working at the time. <laughs> so I went home and, and I truly watched it in the living room. Like, And I usually watch these shows on the computer because um, that's just where – my office is, right. you know, my wife is usually the, my wife's the TV watcher in the house. I'm not. Um, and although all she's been watching is Seinfeld lately, she's like, <laughs> was, was this show popular when it was out? I'm like, uh-huh. Like, Shut up, you know. <laughs> no, she doesn't because she was, her mom didn't speak English back then. <laughs> so they only watched Spanish TV. Um, so the, it's, it's an ep, the most epic, ship battle since the dominion wars oh god you know what's funny though is that when like a couple of weeks back we had that two-part episode when the orville and the union fought against the uh against uh what were they the um the the kalons the kalons and it was like the it's like the epic battles that we really wanted in the original star trek series and then you have this one which totally like Ups the ante on TV you know, space do you know battle. What it, you know what it reminded me of? Hmm. The le, the scale of the battle was Star Wars. Yes. Because that's something that Star – because Star Wars is mostly movies. That's something that Star Wars has always done. Because even in the Star Trek movies, if you really think about it, yeah, there was the Battle of Zero Zero One. But most of the time when the end battle is like two ships yeah. against each other. And you're more paying attention to the people inside the ships. This battle on Discovery was fucking massive. <laughs> oh like God. there was there was the Enterprise and the Discovery, and then 
they brought shuttles out dude as when fighter they, squadrons when they, when they modified the shuttles for they wasn't armored ready. Them, i was like holy fuck and then those other like sh- those other the pat the pods that they modified yeah. to be i was like going, what the fuck it i go suddenly fun. i'm like am i watching battlestar galactica like i we've seriously seen, thought and that's the thing we've never seen any federation ship fight this way right it was, it was a fucking maze. <laughs> I mean, I was sitting like immediately when I saw all that shit, I immediately got a hard on right there. Like I was suddenly oh. just like, squeak, 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 squeak. it was so good. And it's not, that's going on the entire episode. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's one of the pieces that's going on. The, they're also, while they're in this battle, they're building the time suit. Right. And like, they're, they're like literally like, 23rd century 3D printer, so it's fast. <laughs> right. um, it makes the thing, and they're immediately taking it up. That motherfucker was still hot, and they're bringing it in and fucking bolting it on. And that was a cool scene how they did that too because you see in that people are starting to break under the pressure. Yeah. One dude drops it, and then Michael's like, just get off the assembly line. Like, yeah. I got this. Yeah, because he, like, he drops it and goes, he drops it and goes, shit. And she's like, don't worry, I got this. Like, I'm sorry, Commander. You know, they, they ain't got time for mistakes, so just step aside. And then the one you chick, know? the non, where she's like looking at a canister, she's like, this is supposed to be done. This. Are you trying to kill her? Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's happening while the battle's happening. Right. Okay. Um, then you have Pike on the Enterprise, which again, the Enterprise, the sexiest fucking bridge. Oh my God. <laughs> the, honestly, now that I've seen this episode and I saw even more of the Enterprise bridge, I don't even remember the movies. <laughs> the reboots. Like if you if you put the reboot bridge next to this new one, the reboot one looks like a fucking insult. I'm not even oh, yeah. lying, dude. Like it's this is this is the bridge of the Enterprise. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's just shinier. What's funny? It has more screens. <laughs> what's <laughs> really, really what was really amazing too is like when you think of like, you know, even if you go to like the Dominion War, you know, on DS9 and stuff like that, and you see like panels like blow, blowing and stuff like that, and sparks shooting. In this, you're seeing in the fuck in fucking Enterprise and Discovery, full wall panels blowing and guys yeah. flying across the the room and Intense, you know and dude. you know people like getting flipped around and stuff like that. You're just like holy shit, people getting sucked into space. You know, um, we saw um, a, a shot of the turbo lifts again too. Oh yeah, yeah, which was cool. Which was cool, and uh, so you know, and then I love the fact that. Uh, um, so we get, we also got a lot of Reno in this episode, which I was really, really pleased with. Yeah, you know, I love that part when Saru's like, "Hurry up!" It's like, if you'd get off my ass, <laughs> yeah, sir, sir. If you'd get off my ass, sir. sir. I know. And she's like, you know, it's like, hurry, get off my. And you ass. saw Saru kind of look back, like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Just and she's like, "Sir, <laughs> get off my ass, sir!" Like, you got to do it with respect. <laughs> yeah, everybody was tense. Well, right? it's like even even uh, Tilly when she was uh, when they were trying to figure out how to get the uh, cube to charge faster, and yeah. she's like, you know, he's like, well, yeah, and she's like, yeah, choir preaching choir. Why do you think I asked for help, sir? Sorry, sir. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like she's like, I get a little, you know, I get a little uh, uh, a little sour when you know with this, and then at the t- same time we had Poe who helped design the crystal. Or the yeah. uh, the red. We didn't know what happened to her. Like they said, we don't know what happened to her in the last episode. Like if she got off the ship, bitch commandeered a fucking shuttlecraft and is leading the fucking uh, shuttle. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then Pike's like, 
who gave you permission? He's like, I use, I invoke my diplomatic immunity for stealing your shuttle. <laughs> so with all due respect, res, respect, um, your highness, please get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, dude, this is one of those things where like, we're, you're watching it. And if you blink, you won't know what's going on. There's oh, yeah. so much fucking happening. And then of course, like, oh my God, it was and great. then of course you had, um, uh, Cornwell who made the ultimate G sacrifice. Uh, and the way she stood when she dude, did it. Dude, I was like, I stood up. like All day. I, was, like, I fucking <laughs> saluted the bitch. I was like, oh, shit. Because So, like, they, the uh, control fires a photon torpedo, which goes into the, um, into the um, saucer section of the Enterprise. Doesn't detonate. So there's a problem with one of the blast doors not closing. So, so number one, and... Uh, Number one is a total dick. Like I love how yeah. she was a total <laughs> asshole. Like, she don't give a shit who she's talking to, which is great because it's based off of Marjorie Barrett's character in the original pilot. But mm-hmm. um, so her and Cornwall go down there, and they realize that there's you know that they can't they the secondary detonation protocol started. So number one comes back to the bridge. Pike goes back goes down there to see what's going on. And there's no way they can do it. So Cornwell says, look, there's a manual release here. I can close it, but I have to stay on the inside. And then they have this issue. They have this conversation between her and Pike. And Pike goes, no, I'll do it. And she's like, it's almost like she knows. She's like, your path doesn't end here. Like, I, you know, I, I know, you know, your, your story doesn't end here. And then he tries to make the thing of like, well, if it doesn't, then I should stay here. Cause then it won't, you know, then it won't happen. It's like, well, is that a gamble you're willing to take? You know, and it's it's kind of true because it's like you can kind of go, well, I know where my I'm supposed to end. So what happens here, which means something else could have happened, like Cornwall could have knocked him out, put him in a turbo lift and then did it herself anyway. So right. it means he'll survive, but that thing's still going to go off. But so they have their little moment. You're like, going, oh, shit, no way, no way, because at this point, we don't know what's going to happen until the very, very end as to what's going on, because they already said that they're going to take discovery into the future. And at this point, you're kind of thinking, okay, the core is going to get out. They're not going to go to the future because it's, it's the show's based here. This is what's going to happen. So then Cornwall, Pike gets into the turbo lift. She pulls the lever, closes the blast door, and then turns and stands in full, you know, in full, like, you know, at ease kind of attention. And then the thing blows. And fuck, dude, it blew like half the saucer section off. Like, I was like, like that last shot when the Enterprise passes and you see like half the fucking saucer sections like gone. You're just yeah. like, holy shit. But she fucking went out like a G. Like, I, um, she, she announced on Twitter, yes, was it yesterday or Friday, that she goes, obviously, since if you've seen the episode, she goes, you know what's happened to my character, went out with dignity and pride and, you know, said that she was thankful for being part of it and all this stuff. And I retweeted it. I replied to her and all I said was Admiral on the bridge. When I when I uh, when I so fucking it was the gest shit. Oh yeah, I've ever fucking seen. And and honestly, that's what you should expect from a leader like that. Yeah, like just you know what? No, I'm gonna save all these people because they're my people. Right. Like I was like fucking a dude. Like big ups (laughs) to that shit. Oh I know. Um, But fucking. So is Michael? What is Michael doing? So (laughs) (laughs) what is Michael doing? I'm so over the place with this this thing. So so they're leaving the ship. So her and Spock. 
are about to leave. He's about to leave in a shuttle. By the way, she becomes her. Iron Man. By the way, she becomes Iron Man in that suit. Oh my god, it was so dope. And she was even like, "Oh shit." When she was the sh- the suit on. So in the suit, she can just fly in space. Right. Um so Okay, first off, when she goes into space, that fucking tracking shot of her flying through space, close going across the 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 hull of the Enterprise and all those shuttles and everything around her was like like what the fuck? Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> it was fucking intense. Oh my god. So they get so the, the they get to a safe distance from the battle to o- try to open the bre- uh, to open a uh, portal. And they come to find out that Michael can't go to the future. It won't take her past that moment in time. But Spock suddenly has this um what do you call it? This uh, epiphany. epiphany, yeah, uh, epiphany that well, wait, you need to send those. You're the one that sends us those messages, those signals, and then she realizes that yeah, that the her mother never sent this because she mother said I don't know what you're talking about the signals, and Michael's the one that sent those signals, so she has to go backwards in time to lead the points of where the discovery you know, finds uh, Terralisium, where they find Reno, you know, where they get the time crystal, all that stuff to lead them to this point. Because you have, because one of the things, and this one was the thing my brother kept saying, he's like, well, why do they have to, why does she have to do that? It's like, it, it's like, no, it happens, but she has to set it in motion. If she doesn't set it in motion, right? you know, everything just completely falls Yet apart. Yet again, we have time travel. And I'm reminded of something that was said on the Orville. Uh, where somebody brought up some time travel shit on the on the bridge, and the captain goes, "Oh my god, I, I do not want to argue." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like he he was like, "I'd rather pull out my teeth or something Could, like that." Well, because he says he goes that he got it like he got a D in it in like temporal theory, and he's like, "You got a B plus or a B plus?" Like I thought you yeah. would ace that class. He says nobody aces time theory. <laughs> That's nobody, nobody knows. Understands it. Nobody understands it. And nobody knows how it works. Um. And so, so she goes back and sets, but once she set that in motion, then she's going to, she can open the breach. Spock was, in the last episode, Spock said he was going to go with Discovery, but while they were there, they got hit with a, um, with a blast, so Spock wasn't able to get back to Discovery. So he gets beamed back to the Embry, which we knew Spock wasn't going to go anyway, because if, otherwise they completely fuck up canon if Spock went with Discovery into the future. Um, so Spock ends up back on the Enterprise. The next signal is Michael sending into um uh brightening up for discovery so they can follow her into the uh into the uh the vortex now during this whole time uh giorgio and non are fighting leland because leland beams aboard the um, discovery to take the core and they set up this little thing to what did she say she tells uh uh giorgio tells uh non she's like and once we catch him would you like to uh help me torture him to make him scream. And then she's like, mm, yummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, that, that, that whole little team up was funny. That was. Um, and then, so they go and um, they have this fight. There's a cool fight scene between um, non. One of my, well, one of my favorite things is when they catch up to him, they're talking shit. Oh yeah. And then he goes, women stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hilarious too, because of the fact that you get into this point where they're, they're discussing uh, – uh, they're, they're, 
well, actually, the one of my favorite parts was when the gravity control um, was going in flux, and then they started going around the corridor, fighting, uh, g- going up the walls and up the ceiling and stuff like that. They're doing that rotating bit on the corridor between uh, Giorgio and Leland. And then she finally, um, Giorgio finally leads Leland into the spore drive uh, chamber and locks it and then sets the, ma- magnetizes it so then all the nanites can come, you know, can basically disable and it kills them. And then all the drones stop. So, yeah. they, so they open fire on all the drones and then Discovery goes right into the, into the vortex and, uh, and takes off. Um, at the, but during that time, uh, Stamets gets impaled by a piece of metal. Like it looked like in his heart or close to his heart. And we find that, uh, Hugh ended up staying on the, on discovery, which I figured he was going to, um, stayed on discovery and was going to take care of, uh, yeah, he seemed a little uneasy about leaving anyway. Yeah. And so he was going to stay there and going to try to, you know, be with Stamets. Uh, which I kind of figured that was going to happen anyway, because it always you, know, you always have that time thing. Um, and then it then then Discovery's gone, and then oh, but there's the point in the battle where what was it? Discovery and Enterprise looked like they weren't going to last very much. Shields were down to like eighteen percent, and it was like you know this is this is kind of going to be it. There's the one there. I'm all over the place because there's so much going on in this episode. Yeah, was when they started firing. Um, heavily on discovery to tr- break her shields and then you see the enterprise kind of roll up and kind of cover discovery with themselves so they were taking a lot of that the torpedo blast i was like god damn that shit was sick but uh uh but as it looks like they're about to fail then all of a sudden you see these ships uh, a lot of the drones start blowing up and they're like a, ma- a massive ships coming in and then the the cloaking device um deactivates and it's the fucking Klingon Chancellor's huge ass ship that she comes rolling in and just starts burning through a lot of those drone ships and then underneath was all these um, uh, fighters from uh, Saru's homeworld his sister got his message and were on their way over to help him anyway and then they got they were contacted by Ash who had gone to get um, Laurel and uh, bring them to assist in the fight. And then we finally see the fucking D-class Klingon battlecruisers in action. Uh, oh, my God. That was so <laughs> fucking cool. Like, there was three of them. Yeah. Um, well, one, when the when the, the fucking, I don't know what it is, the mothership <laughs> right. uh, showed up, it was like, boom. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Everybody looks small. Um, yeah, and then, then they had uh, three D7s. Yeah. And, I mean, we've seen D7s before, but we haven't seen them... Um, like in this kind of battle scenario. In the new – in this kind of battle. And then also in the new like uh, – I don't think we've seen them in Discovery yet, have we? No, they showed the model of them at the first episode of the season. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we're, we're bringing these out. And then the D7 showed up. And then, of course, Laurel says the very, very popular Klingon line, which he kind of links it to the next generation. Today is a good day to die. <laughs> right. <laughs> when I saw that – when I saw that, I was like, yes. And then you hear all of them shouting that all in Klingon. I was like, yeah. I was just happy because she was having so much fun. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that, that's what I wanted. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was it was good. I mean, the Klingons definitely came in, a, in ascension. And she made sure to tell Pike, she, I'm not your friend. Right. I just, we just both need to 
you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of shit. Yeah. And Pike's um, like, I'll take whatever I can get. You yeah. Know? Whatever. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah. So then, uh, discovery leaves and then we jump into the future and you see that they're being debriefed. So we have Spock, number one, um, Pike, Pike Ash, I think that's it. Ash. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're debriefing them and they're all, um, lying the starfleet they're all lying they're just saying that it was destroyed or whatever the the ship discovery discovery yeah well obviously <laughs> the <laughs> namesake of the show um so spock at the end says you know i forget what the exact fucking thing is but it was a, a starfleet rule where everyone should be bound by like treason if you if you say anything yeah, about what happened and that we should never speak of discovery again and they kind of tied it up where right. this is why you never hear <laughs> of not only discovery but michael or the spore drive or the or, spore drive or anything it all became super top secret classified yeah because what because spock was citing a rule that talked about starfleet officers should not participate in anything dealing with time travel and which I guess leads up to the whole temporal investigations that we got in like Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he said anything with that, anybody that knows about it has to be bound to secrecy. Anything, uh, if they reveal any of that information, could be bound for treason. And so, yeah. So, it, and then it, it seems where Spock and Amanda and Sarek were bound to never speak of her in public again, which makes sense as to why we never find we never find out about any of this. Like everybody goes, well, how do we not know this? This is why. It was right. it was it was a very perfect way to tie it all up. And the only one that didn't say that it blew up was Pike. Pike goes and then they were gone. You know? Yeah, Pike Pike just was vague. Yeah. He didn't lie. And one thing I thought was funny is they said uh, to number one, name please, number one. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was like, such a bitch, dude. <laughs> and then I like, and then it went, and then she goes, boom. <laughs> I was like, <Yeah>. damn. <laughs> like, she just does not fuck around. And then Ash became the acting um, leader of Section 31 and now became, becomes leader. Also, oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, he becomes leader of Section 31. Well, so, they also mentioned that, um, uh, Section 31 isn't going to be as transparent anymore or as uh, secretive anymore, that they're going to have some transparency so they know what Section 31's doing. <laughs> well, one of the things that everybody says is that why is sec- why does everybody know Section 31? Section 31 has ships and comm badges. It's like everybody knows who they are. And Alex Kurtman said in an interview, he goes, yeah, when we get into the uh, series with Michelle Yeoh, he goes, because in like Deep Space Nine – Cisco asks, are you Section 31? She's like, I cannot confirm nor deny, you know, that statement. And but that's also over 100 years into the future right. from what we're watching. But what, um, what, what Alice Kurtman said is, yeah, he goes, when Michelle Yeoh's series starts, it shows how C- C- Section 31 becomes the way it is in, in how, uh, the way it is in the future. Right. You know, so it becomes, it, it becomes, ex, it, it, how, they said, well, it needs to be more transparent. It actually becomes extra secret. Right. Like, <laughs> because, because right now it's essentially the CIA. Yeah. And, and now it becomes like super underground, like, like the MIB. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, the MIB. you know what I mean? Like now right. no one's really, the, it's, you only know of it because you heard a faint whisper somewhere. That's right. how it was in the, um, it's like a conspiracy theory kind of thing. Right, the next generation era and the yeah. DS9 era. That's kind of how it was. But 
Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I love the scenes that happened on the Enterprise uh, at the end here. Okay, so let's talk about the end real quick. Um, so it ends with Spock doing a voiceover saying it's been about, what, three or four months since Discovery left. He got no signal, and he's talking about Michael and what she had done and stuff like that. And we see the shot of, my, of Spock looking at his uniform, and then at the end of the episode, he steps back onto the bridge in full uniform, shaved. Fucker looks different. <laughs> he looked. Yeah, he looked a lot different. <laughs> like I was thinking, okay, you should still. I'm like, holy shit! And then number one's face when she turned around and looked at him, she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so well, he also looked like he had his shit together. Yeah, because when he had that, that that was a disheveled beard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still love when Michael goes. So how's that beard working for you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then. uh and then they get the next signal, you know, which uh, which is supposed to be the signal that Michael was going to send to Spock saying, we're OK. We made it here. But what was really interesting is the way they ended the show was the Enterprise leaving Space Dock and going out on a new mission. Spock, number one, Pike. It almost seemed like it was setting up like this is where it's going to go now. Like, yeah, we're on the Enterprise. That was the, the vibe I had. And it makes sense to why uh, what's his name? The showrunner. um, made a big like he did an interview and he clearly said the show is now going into the 33rd century yada 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 because it looks so much like we were now watching an enterprise show yeah. but it leaves it open right because doing that as well because kurtzman himself because people have been saying pike needs a show pike spock we need we have a gap of time that we can do that. And even Kurtzman himself goes, oh, yeah. He goes, We've, we heard the fans. And he goes, and we want nothing more to do a, a series with, with Pike. He goes, we have a lot of time that we could cover a character in an era that hasn't been explored. But, I, it, you know, pretty much it's going to be up to CBS. And if CBS – How much how much time was there between well, Pike and Kirk? They said 10 years. It was 10 years. Yeah. So that's double what Kirk did. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so. And uh, and the cool thing is, is that there was an episode. I think it was in the Menagerie where Kirk said he met Pike once when he was a cadet or a lieutenant or something like that. I was like, dude, if they did a, did an episode, they could even introduce a young Kirk. They before, could, yeah. Before before he becomes captain. So, Chris Pine, wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, they leave. They, I'm not holding my breath. But they definitely held held it open just in case they want to go that route, and yeah. and I appreciate that. And, you know, because but also story wise for Discovery, it shows that okay, we're pressing on. Like yeah. things are happening now, but now we're gonna the audience is going somewhere else. So yeah, it's good. And yeah, and so it's like yeah, exactly. So now it leaves you know we were talking about like I think earlier we're like we'll have two shows in the same era which they've done before with Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and then Deep Space Nine Voyager. But yeah. here you have Discovery going 900 years into the future, which they said next season will be 900 years in the future. And and then it leaves this open. So that if they come back to do a Pike series, you know, cool. But my thing is, is that how does Michelle Yeoh get back? Because if she's supposed to be part of that series that comes back after season three, I'm assuming she's going to go back in time somehow. Or, yeah, back in time. So, Or... It's just the time, but well, no, because she wasn't really in Section Thirty One that long. Yeah, for, to warn a show, who knows? Yeah, who so. knows? Maybe she escaped on a shuttle <laughs> and got into a wormhole and then 
brought her back to the 20. 20- no, I mean before they left. Oh, eh. who yeah, knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, but. but I'm interesting because because the sky's the fucking limit, dude. First of all, the 33rd century, no one has written anything right. in main canon, so they're completely as long as they're reasonably within the Star Trek universe, they can do anything. Yeah, you know, and then we can introduce races from. The later episodes. We might see some Ferengi. Maybe a Ferengi yeah. ship will come by. You know, it, it, anything. I'm so excited about it. We could see what it's happened. All, we could see how the the Romulan Empire evolved after it blew yes. up. After like, Romulus blew up. It feels like it has to feel like when when people who had watched the original series then watched TNG. Yeah. Because you're so far in the future, like, oh shit, like what's What's the thing? Like, what's going on? And they have a very, you know? very big disadvantage because they were, you know, a hundred years behind that, you know. So, right. you know, when the if the Borg show up, you know, maybe who knows? Maybe we'll see, you know, oh, yeah. the Borg show up from that time. They won't know who the Borg is. Unless- what's what's here's a big question too. If if you guys have watched, I, I don't know if Steve's seen it yet, um, but the the um, short. The Star Trek short with the ship. It was the third short. It obviously says that the crew le- left Discovery at some point in the third third century and told the ship to wait there because that's what the short says. Because um, the ship can speak at that point, so we already know a little bit of what's going to happen with the ship if you watch the short. So my question is: is if we're going thirty three? To 33rd century, 900 years into the future, Discovery is going to be outgunned, outpaced, out everything, yeah. unless some cataclysmic event happened that caused everyone to kind of go backwards technolo- technologically. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sitting here. I was looking at the <laughs> ceiling last night when I was trying to go to bed, like just working my mind. You know, um, obviously, Discover- Discovery has a has a leg up with the whole spore drive thing. Right. Um, and then that's going to be something. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Do you know, Adam? I don't know. And that's, what's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's so exciting that something star Trek related. I have no idea what's going to happen. Usually I have some kind of bead of what's going to happen, especially cause all they do is fucking prequels. So I'm like, okay, well I already know, <laughs> I already know what happened here. You know what I mean? But right. now that we're doing some future shit, <laughs> we're in the dark, man. Right. And I like it. I love it. <laughs> Can't wait for that season to start. Oh, I know. All right. So, uh, all right. So that's went on a bit long. Uh, <laughs> let's go Not ahead. Long and, enough. Yeah, See, I know. Right. Okay. Let's go up and hit, uh, headlines. Why don't you take us off? Yeah, why does it always do this? It makes the fucking script so damn small. All right. <laughs> it's like I'm only using half of the damn screen. <laughs> Anyways, in an interview this week with Sony's lead system architect for the PS4, Mark Kearney, or Cerny, it's probably Kearney, probably um, not only confirmed the existence of the PlayStation 5, but gave some specs about the upcoming console. According to the report, the PS5 will include an 8-core CPU based on AMD's third-gen Ryzen line uh, built on the chip company's latest 7 um, nanometers, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Zen 2 process. And a custom GPU based on AMD's Radeon Navi hardware. It's nice to see um, AMD still making some money in the future. <laughs> I know. Um, 
which will bring ray tracing graphics to a game console for the first time. The end result of all these hardware improvements, the PS4 will support 8K graphics, um, assuming you've got a TV that supports that kind of resolution. They're replacing the hard drive with an SSD fucking hmm. finally. I know, right? You 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 don't even understand. You're going to get the PS5 and SSD. It's going to be so fucking fast just from that upgrade. Oh, yeah. It's tense, which Sony promises will improve load time and gameplay beyond anything uh, possible with your hard drive. In a demo d- described by Wired, fast traveling, traveling in Spider-Man for the PS4 took only 0.8 seconds on an early dev kit for the PS5 compared to 15 seconds on a ps4 and those numbers do not sound inflated at all it's fucking amazing it, w- it was it was cool because i was it it was on twitter i can't remember if it was on twitter or youtube they actually showed a side-by-side comparison using a ps4 and a dev kit from the playstation 5 and dude it was so much faster yeah. like I, it was just amazing how fast it was it's damn near close to instant like it's yeah. it's incredible 3D audio and backwards compatibility with the PS4 since they are developed on the same architecture. Um, so that's fucking awesome. No release date was given. Um, some say 2020. Uh, I'd say 2021. But since they are not coming to E3 this year, it makes more sense either holiday 2020 or early 2021. I would say they would want to make holiday 2020. But I doubt it. But the thing is, I would be surprised. But my thing was, I said holiday 2020 because, yeah, you think the holidays. But the thing is, is that Sony never really pushes holidays, new hardware on holidays. That's what I'm saying. That's that's why I would be surprised. Microsoft does. Microsoft loves to be out in the Christmas season. But I think I'm thinking more spring 2021. Because also you, because like some are saying, some are saying, oh, it could be out this year. I'm like, no, they're skipping E3 this year. And it ain't coming out. It ain't coming out. Nineteen. We fuck it's, that. Yeah, or even early twenty twenty. They're gonna come twenty twenty in E three and fucking show this shit off. So when it comes out, maybe holiday twenty twenty. That's optimistic, but I'm thinking probably spring twenty twenty one. And you quote me on that. And if I am wrong, fine. If I am right, which we probably are, which we've been right about a lot of things. Um, no, I'm going. I'm going with that too. That's yeah. the that's the most based the most on logical. how they release things. Yeah. The, the last time Sony, the only time really that Sony like really wanted to catch Christmas was when um, the PS3 was released and it was a fucking shit show. Yeah. Because it was too expensive and the shit wasn't ready. Microsoft will do that. Nintendo doesn't give a fuck what day of the year it is yeah. when they release their shit. They release their shit whenever the fuck they want. Um, I There's also something too. They promised – um now who knows but they promise that this release will will be a longer transition meaning that the ps4 will still be relevant right for a little bit longer which is cool however i don't believe them because <laughs> if the ps5 is 100 percent backwards compatible there is literally no reason for the ps4 yeah, my thing other than you can't afford the ps5 <laughs> right my thing about the backwards compatibility they said that with the ps3 that it yeah. was backwards compatible. Then they turned it off. So I'm still. But here's I, here's I, the thing, though. Yeah. We got to talk about architecture. The PS3's architecture is alien. It still is. Well, it's no, a I weird mean, cell processor. But I mean, the thing is backwards compatible for the PS2 and one. Like it was supposed to be backwards compatible for them. 
But that's what I'm saying is the architectures of those systems didn't match. So it's too difficult for them to do it. So they promised the world and could only really give you a country, basically. (laughs) Or a county. (laughs) The reason why I'm very optimistic about that statement now is because we're going from a 64-bit AMD architecture to a 64-bit AMD architecture. It's literally like they're going from Windows 8 to Windows 10. You know, so it's not some. It's there'll be maybe the smallest of tweaks with a few games, but especially the the Sony library stuff instantly. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you could just throw in a PS4 disc and just play it. Yeah. Well, I mean, until the, and and you know, until you know, they get that whole shit situation the situation with Gaikai going, then we'll see. Like, oh, you can stream yeah. games now, so we're gonna turn off backwards compatibility now. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But I the, mean, yeah, but as you said with the PS4, I I think I even said that in my piece was like, yeah, the PS3 was relevant for a while after the PS4 came out, and then eventually it was like, yeah, we're gonna move you all to the PS4, so we're gonna stop. It's like, and the same thing with the Xbox. Like, it's always they're always like, oh yeah, we're still gonna sell that for a time, and then yeah. they're gonna phase it out because what would be the fucking point? I'm trying to. I, it's too early to really say, but i'm I'm really curious to see what Microsoft's planning um and also because the last release that Microsoft did, I feel is is a little too ahead of its time and no one's gonna give a fuck and right. it's too expensive, which is the the discless console. oh yeah, which I the, the next one right. It's not really tracking all that well right now. <laughs> um, so uh, but who knows if the p s five will have a fucking disk drive like it yeah. you don't know you know what I mean well, and they said no it, they said that there was going to be physical games for it oh yeah, that's true yeah. they did say that, so we do know <laughs> um maybe they'll go back to cartridges I don't know well, the problem that okay. they're gonna have <laughs> is if they're gonna go fully dis they're gonna you know they're gonna have to work on that storage space yeah, you can't get away with it with a, a with a terabyte no. fuck you yeah. <laughs> i mean and and let's be honest though the disks are really just keys now yeah. It's not even really running give, the disc, give me but four, still. Give me four. Give me two terabytes, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk. If you're going to go discless, I'm down with the, a new PlayStation, though. Yeah, I'll jump right on board with that shit. <laughs> uh, Microsoft's worst kept secret was the all digital Xbox One S, which the company announced officially last week. Uh, on the same day, that wire piece came out about the PlayStation 5. Talk about stealing your thunder. Eh. <laughs> Microsoft's platform and device GM, Jeff Gates confirmed an MSRP of 249 which includes a discless console, currently only in bone white, one matching Xbox One controller, and an internal one terabyte hard drive, and three bundled game download codes, Minecraft, Sea of Thieves, and Forza Horizon 3. This model will launch in most Xbox One markets on May 7th. Microsoft says an all existing Xbox One accessories will be compatible with the all-digital edition, owning to its identical mother- motherboard. Gatiss explained that the price point will, p- quote, pass the value of removing the disk drive to the customer, end quote. I guess if the $50 savings for not having an optical drive means that much to you. But in related news, Xbox officially announced their Game Pass Ultimate Bundle, which offers you Xbox Live and Game Pass for $15 a month starting later this year. Now you can enjoy three months of Game Pass for a dollar, which ends in early May. One of the problems that that I had with this, and, and I and I only thought about it because I it was Endgame, Engadget, or The Verge reminded me that currently the bundles for the Xbox One S with the game and you know with the disk drive is 249 and here's the bigger problem with that all three of those games are are free with game pass 
So yeah. my kid, my kids play are playing all three of those games right now, and they're completely free because I got the three months fucking deal for Game Pass. So it's not even a deal. Right. It just looks like a deal. Like to people who don't know, they're gonna go, "Oh shit, you get three big games." That no, I'm really. Yeah. First of all, Minecraft's on everything, so Minecraft doesn't count. Um, <laughs> see, of Thieves is new, but every new Microsoft game is on Game Pass. Mm. And Forza Horizon 3, I don't know how new that is, but it's on Game Pass 2. So, <laughs> yeah, so 250 is too fucking expensive. 250? Really? I think it is. I think 200 would be a better price. Oh, well, for the discless one. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the discless one. one. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sitting there going, 50 bucks for the disc drive? Come on, give me a break, dude. Like, right. Come on, what are we doing here? Because my issue with with that is the fact that we're talking about um, you're throwing, uh, you're taking out a disc drive and you're putting in, uh, you're, you're saying, okay, well, we're saving you 50 bucks. So here's that, but I can go, I can go to Best Buy or Xbox or Microsoft and be, get the same console with the disc drive for the same price with a game. So where am mm-hmm. I seeing the savings? And so people are like, it's not a sustainable price point. But for me, I'm looking at it as, well, the sustainable price point could be 250. And what they may do is they may just take off the 50, take out the $50 discount and make it 300. And keep the 250. So it doesn't make any real sense because to me it's like, no, it should be 200 bucks. Because I, to be honest, if you're doing a disk drive for a computer, you're looking at easy 100 bucks. Yeah. When do you get a disk drive for 50 bucks? <laughs> everything for everything about this, um, giving you their digital services for cheaper when you buy the, the thing, which is what they want everyone to have anyway. Um, trying to give you free games that are already free with the fucking service you're going to get anyway. Um, taking grab. the, yeah, it's a cash grab. That's all it is. It's, it saves them money and they're just trying to bring you into the Microsoft ecosystem. Right. That's it. And honestly, it's kind of insulting. <laughs> like, like I'm not that dumb. Like I, I can see through this pretty easily. <laughs> you know, like when they first announced it, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, we get a cheaper thing, you know, whatever. And but you know what this reminds me of is when um, Nintendo released um, that cheaper Wii U, the oh, disc only right. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, and what it was, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But even that was cheaper. Yeah, at least. But it just I, I don't see this doing doing that well. Yeah. I already I've had a discless um xbox one for like hey, a year you, now because my disc drive broke <laughs> right. i was gonna say hey can you keep talking for a minute i need to check something real quick yes yeah, so i'm just gonna keep on talking <laughs> about the xbox one no it, it it doesn't make much sense to me and obviously what we're talking about here you have a disc drive for that thing is not 50 bucks uh, so you, they drop it down to 250. I mean, you can get a used Xbox One for roughly that price, and you get a disc drive, <laughs> so you get added uh, functionality there. So then, what's really the point? And I think the, as I've said, before, as I've already said, but now we're just filling time, really. Um, the trying to release games that are already free. I mean, I saw it today when I was looking at the game 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 pass listing. Was those games? I mean, my son's been playing Sea of Thieves all damn weekend because it's on Game Pass. Um, I have to hear him yelling about the ship all weekend. It's I, I haven't played the game. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, this is just to bring people into the ecosystem and and try to get the get the hooks in on them. Um, try to get some of those PlayStation people off of there. But I, I don't really see 
a PlayStation fan jump and ship for this. It, it doesn't make any sense. And um, and furthermore, honestly, my, I've had my Xbox one for the same length of time as I've had my PS4. My PS4 is in perfect working condition and my Xbox one is limping uh, <laughs> to in life. So <laughs> who knows? And thank God Steve came back. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how this whole thing is going to work out. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to make the price point. See, I wouldn't be surprised if it drops to like 200 bucks. I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. By the ho- by holiday. Oh, by holiday they're going to realize, "Hey, you know what? No one's falling for our bullshit." <laughs> also, too, can you stop fucking releasing white consoles? I Knock know. it off. I know. Nobody, Nobody wants that. Nobody likes white. Come on, let's 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 stop that. Let's stop it now. I have the I bought the um I forget what they called it but the premium edition Xbox One with the with the terabyte drive really only because of the color. Oh yeah, yeah me too. I was like I like, want I black. don't want one thing in my house electronic wise that isn't black. Yeah. It would make any sense. Fuck even PlayStation just released black and then they have other colored ones that you can get but yeah, the special edition ones. That's different. Yeah, that's for like super fans who want to buy like the Star Wars one or the Spider Man one. Those yeah. look dope. Yeah, I would get them though, right? Because they don't match my shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm emo about my video games. That's right. <laughs> All right. So uh, our main topic this week is how conspiracy theories start. In many cases, studies find that it's due to lack of information that allows people to fill in the empty spaces with far-fetched and ludicrous ideas. After the fire that nearly destroyed the Notre Dame Cathedral this week in France, Glenn Beck and Fox News began insinuating that Muslims started the fire. Beck noted that if they figure out that the Muslims started the fire, we would never find out. Fox News business anchor Lou Dobbs stoked the theory by saying that arson being ruled out so early was definitely a political decision, since many on the right think that France is now a Muslim-ruled country, which inaccurate no-go zones and any, for anyone not, not Muslim. Quote, this context is not speculation. This is situation, the situation right now in France and, and the recent history of what has happened to Catholic churches throughout the nation. Dobbs said on his show, ignored too often by some covering the tragedy, some who have ruled out speculation about the cause of the Notre Dame fire as they speculate taking it as gospel that arson was not the cause. Too often tragedies like Sandy Hook, San Bernardino, Parkland 9-11 narratives are replaced with speculation and poorly drawn conclusions because people can't wait for information to be provided. Not only that, many right-wing conspiracy groups prove a reason that usually involves gun control, Muslim embrace domination, false flag operations, or something of the new world order. So I think just just to kick it off, and I think what what um where him saying, oh well, it obviously was um, Muslims who started the fire, but they'd never tell you that is kind of part of the conspiracy theory problem is that every time as stupid as a, as a conspiracy theory might sound to you, you can never 100 percent disprove it. Right. Because it's impossible because it's so fucking vague. Yeah. And and they 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 were blatant about it that time. Like, oh, they just won't tell you. Right. It's like, well, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, give me a break. Well, yeah, that's like the like. um when I was looking at some, uh, what I like to do sometimes on on uh, YouTube is I look for uh, as it happened videos, especially about incidences that maybe I wasn't around to see or that I never really got to see. So mm-hmm. I'll look up uh, certain incidents like 
as it happened, Sandy Hook or 9-11 or San Bernardino. I did one for Parkland. And then I actually did one for uh, the Las Vegas shooting. And it was interesting because I started seeing a lot of videos that say about talking about conspiracy theories for that and saying that, well, the big reason those conspiracy theories are going is because we don't have any information. Like right. there was no suicide note. There was no reasoning for him to do this. There was nothing. So what? A, um, so those gaps in information cause people to fill in information regardless of how idiotic or ludicrous the, the concept is. Because honestly, at the end of the day, human human beings are are problem solvers. Right. Like that's our, that's our main plus uh, on this planet against everything <laughs> one else. Of the few, one of the problems. few things. One of the few. Right. Things. <laughs> so the problem with that is is a lot of times when not present like you have educated people usually don't do it because they can dis they can disconnect from it and go I don't have enough information to form an opinion. Right. But most people don't do that. Yeah. They go well. I'm just going to assume that this and this and then well, you start the, getting in the fucking weeds. Right. But that's the problem is we start to assume things right. like, oh, well, my political viewpoint allows me to suspect these things. Ergo, two and two makes eight. Yeah, because you know? assumptions are always more based on bias and, and things that you've learned growing up and right. stuff like that, not a, the actual event. <laughs> and that's and that's one of the big things that I was noticing because it was funny too because um uh I was talking to my brother today because uh they were talking about that thing that I mentioned earlier about that woman going into the church with her baby uh, yeah. with a baby and with a gun. And I was thinking, you know, the narrative has always been via Alex Jones or you know any of those, you know, woke conservatives groups that always say, oh yeah, all of these things are false flag operations, particularly during the Obama administration, for Obama to get gun control passed. And I was thinking, you know, that's a pretty, a pretty good narrative for people that believe in the Second Amendment. Not, okay, let me rephrase that. People that believe the Second Amendment as holy truth, as the Bible. That, that, those, those people. Because I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, I want... What if somebody went around and said, you know what, how about another, consp another theory, which would be that those, the reason there are so many of those is an NRA push to get people to buy more guns, to protect themselves. That's why they always say, well, we need to get them to defend themselves. So maybe it's may maybe a push from the conservative right to get people to, to buy guns to do that, thus, you know, in increasing gun sales. It's yep. like it could easily go that route, you know, and it's like and, and you know, you'll get the people on the right go, no, 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 that's not it. It's like, why not? You're, it's as accurate as your information because it's based on nothing, <laughs> you know, it's not based on any tangible proof, you know. They won't believe that because they biasly know it's not true. Right. Like it doesn't fit into the narrative that they've put out for the universe. So like, no, I'm not doing that. But they're doing this and this, obviously. It's right. because they don't know. That's the unknown. They don't know what the other side's doing. Right. And it's the same thing when you go and it's, you know, and, and I, I said in a, in a, I think in my, I wrote for the, po the, the post for this episode, I put, you know, the purveyor of truth, you know, Fox News, because Fox News was the one that said, is the, is the newscast that said, you know, oh, well, we all know there's no, goons, no go zones in 
in France and Belgium and a lot of these because the Muslims don't want people to, you know, pe people that are not Muslim can't go there. The police can't go there. They're forbidden to go there. And I'm like, you know, and, and I was like, oh, you know, that just doesn't sound right to me. I, and, and you can also doesn't sound like France, right. the most democratic country <laughs> on the planet. But when you hear it, it mostly comes from, uh, you know, conservatives on that side, you know, which basically say it's the it basically it's their way of saying an immigration problem. Right. That's how they're doing, because most of the people that are fleeing the war torn countries are Muslim. You know, they're they're fleeing into into cities and stuff like that. So, yeah, there is a Muslim influx. It's their it's their version of Trump saying that people from Mexico are rapists and fucking exactly. killers and all that. Yeah. And it's just be afraid of the unknown kind of shit. Right. And, uh, and it's funny too, because you have uh, a news organization that doesn't promote anything or talk about anything outside of the U S that isn't Trump or, uh, conservative leaning unless they can scare you with it. You know, right. Oh, we don't want that. Like, what was it? Uh, I was watching CNN the other day and they were talking, oh, it was the Mueller report. And um, they were talking about that, and one guy, one conservative guy said, he goes, well, yeah, he goes, I mean, look, the socialist thing, he goes, socialism has failed in every country it's brought into. He goes, every socialist country has failed. And I go, really? Because could have sworn the Netherlands were still around. And right. like Finland, you know, <laughs> like a lot of those countries, I'm like, I could have sworn they were Com still around. It's because they associated so with communism. They think it's communism. And yeah. communism, yes. The country may not have failed, but communism fails. Either either the country completely falls or it starts to morph into something different. Right. You're either going to be the Soviet Union or you're going to be China. Like right. it, That's one of the ones you're going to be because China is barely fucking communist anymore. Yeah. They're just an oppressive democracy at this point. <laughs> well, they're, um, trying to, they're trying to turn back the wheels because they realize the kind of democracy they're doing is kind of helping them – is kind of making them lose a little control. So yeah. they're trying to they're trying to, as Cher would say, turn back time. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's the I, I feel the kettle is about to fucking boil over over there when it comes to a revolution. But that's a whole different conversation. Um, <laughs> it's a the, totally the, different conspiracy theory. <laughs> right. Um, I just. Whenever somebody says something, I'm like, do you do know those are two completely different like socialism, for one, is not a government, a form of government. Communism is. Right. Socialism is 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 an economic thing. So you could have um you could have like a so a socialist socialist communism or socialist democracy right. or so it depends on which what is, you're doing. Which is what a lot of the Norwegian countries are. Socialist, yeah, the, the, socialist democracies. Like, they're social de democracies. Are they perfect? No, nothing's perfect. But they're they're doing a lot better than we are, <laughs> <laughs> so it's um they say like oh socialism wouldn't work here why it's been working here no it, we have socialist stuff in our the government reason right it now won't work here is because capitalism or as the as the conservatives like to say the the free market is is a better way to go we let the free market determine everything it's like yeah that's why the banks almost failed. You know, almost brought down, um, almost brought down our economy. Uh, why it costs three hundred dollars to get a an insulin shot when it's only like you know less than a yeah. hundred bucks overseas. You know, uh, why? Because the problem that the free market is lacking one thing that socialism tends to have, socialist democracy, and that's humanity. Yeah, like the free market is math. It doesn't give a fuck 
if someone needs medication. He doesn't give a fuck if someone needs an operation for cancer or if someone's on the street. He doesn't care. It's <laughs> it's just money. That's all it is. Yeah. Socialism is 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 a more I'm not saying it's better because I'm not a fucking – what am I? You know what I mean? I'm not an expert in this shit. But it seems to me from my my perspective, socialism is something that cares more about the the community, about the collective. Everybody has to – you know, you got to contribute, but you also – everyone's going to be taken care of when it comes to the basic shit. I think England is a, is a better example um, because England was incredibly free market capitalist. And they they've moved. They have free health care and, and stuff, and and they've moved into it quite nicely, you know. So it's it's fuck people who say that doesn't work. And, <laughs> and the most popular pe- Democrats in this country now are socialists. Yeah. So I have a real fucking feeling that it, and and you can thank Trump for it too, because people are really like oh the Republican Party like they don't want to look at him right now. Yeah. Everyone's gonna jump ship and they're gonna go over that way. Yeah, and you know, so, and when you keep in mind that you know, conspiracy theories are, are you know, and it's one thing to say that conspiracy theories, or at least the 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 rise of conspiracy theories, you know, are tinfoil hat people. I was listening yeah. to one podcast that talks about uh, conspiracy, conspiracy the show. And they're actually pretty funny, and the guy goes, "Yeah, you know, the crinkling you see is the tinfoil hat he has on his head right now." Um, you know, is. The fact that conspiracy theories aren't really the tinfoil hat people, they're the people with an agenda, you know, and that's, that's why I think sometimes we tend to dismiss conspiracy theories a little too easily as being the tinfoil hat things when it's not. It's the people that have an agenda, the, the, the Alex Joneses, you know, all these, uh, you know, all these other, the Glenn Becks and all of them that the Fox News that push that thing because it's it's a fearful aspect that's how the, the that's how the if you really look at a lot of those anybody that has a conspiracy theory against like um against uh sandy hook and a lot of false flag operations i shoot it's always the angle is always towards gun control which is yep. usually against gun control is a conservative uh conservative leaning so how what do conservatives usually do in regards of um of getting their best riled up they scare them to death they scare them that, and they've been saying this since I was a little kid. You know, they're, the the liberals are coming for your guns. They're going to come for your guns. They're going to take your guns. They're going to take your guns. I've been hearing that for forty years. <laughs> Still know? haven't taken them. Still haven't done it. You know, and I live in one of the you know one of the more restrictive gun you know pl- states in the country, and we still have an issue with them. You know, and it's just like. You know, it's like, no, it's a fear tactic to get those people out to vote against anybody liberal. And the same thing happens when you have uh, the same thing that you have when, you know, you hear these uh, blogs that come out and saying, oh, you know, they want to, you know, you know, make abortions free. They want to make them go, you know, you can get one at the fair, you know, that kind of thing, you know. And, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's true because it's that kind of thing where it's like you can go down to the corner, you know, deep fried abortions. Exactly, right? exactly. You know, and it's like, what the fuck, people? You know, it's like they, they, you know, and then the biggest one that always gets me is like, oh yeah, you know, they want the gay. You remember um, what was it? Uh, uh, Alex Jones's gay gay frogs. 
You know, they're even making oh, yeah. the frogs gay, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's like when you hear the guys that sit there and say like, oh, yeah, they want to legalize marriage. They want gays to be part of the institute. Oh, God, I'm sounding like Alex Jones right now. You know, they they, they want uh, gay culture. And you know what's going to happen once they legalize gay marriage? You know, you're going to be able to marry a uh, you're going to be able to marry an animal. And I'm like, fucking what kinky shit are you into to go immediately to that conclusion? You know, yeah. And it's like they're going to be able to marry children. And it's like. Motherfucker, like, what? what? Maybe, motherfucker, <laughs> you were able to do that up until like you know half of the last century. <laughs> you know, it didn't. Yeah. That child brides were outlawed in the latter half of the twentieth century. So let's not make that like that's un- improbable. <laughs> you know, it's like come on, uh, you know, and, and so it's just this this you know, in a lot of instances, like you were saying, yeah, you know, we a lot of people don't wait for the outcomes of things. You know, 9-11, immediately, like, immediately after it happened, you know, oh, it's an inside job. Oh, it was demolition. Oh, the guy bought, you know, the, uh, this podcast was through, they're like, oh, yeah, the building was bought, like, two months before 9-11 happened, and then the guy filed an insurance claim after, after 9-11. I'm like, yeah, because he bought the building. The buildings came down. You file insurance. Yep. You know, what are you trying to say, that this was just a giant insurance scam? It's like, you know, there's other ways to do that. You know, instead of killing a Much couple of easier thousand, ways. Yeah, instead of killing a couple of thousand people and it's like, well, you know, I bought the property, but I want to demo it and build something else. It's like right. no. And the fact of the matter is is that you can't buy a building in any city without having insurance on it. Particularly a building that was already a target of, of terrorism, like, you know, less than ten years before that. So it's like, what are we what are we doing here? Like it's just the, the just the rise of of suspicion to a level that's just rise of bullshit. It's, yeah. It's just, it's, it lacks, it lacks any, like when you see people to say, and you know, Adam and I've always said this, you know, where they tell you, just look at it, just link the dots. No motherfucker. You're the one that's supposed to tell me how it gets there. Like you're trying yeah. to convince me. I'm not the, if I want to do that, I would have done it and not listen to you. Right. Yeah. I don't need you if I have to figure it out. <laughs> exactly. It's like doing my taxes. You know, it's like, well, you need to figure out your taxes. Well, if, you know, it's like our chief complaint to the government. It's like, well, you know how much you, I owe, so tell me how much do I owe. You know, it's like, right. you know, I, ha- I shouldn't have to pay you and then at the same time figure out long division on how much I'm supposed to pay you. <laughs> you know, but it's just like, it's just asinine. Like within, like the building hadn't even, the fire hadn't even put, put out yet and they started talking about oh well it's probably you know we're not you know we're not saying that it's muslims but it probably is you know we're not saying it's muslims but it's muslims <laughs> right, exactly so it's like fucking a dude like don't waste any time right yeah it's like yeah we know you're home we know you're uh was it uh islam you know you're we know islamophobia runs deep you know over there at fox news so just don't hide it, you know. Do us right. a favor and don't hide it. Sad, you know. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's like, ugh. you know, because uh, uh, I was looking to try to do, and Orbital Fetus gave me some great suggestions on on conspiracy theories because I was thinking about something conspiracy theory, you know, to cover for this because we haven't really talked about one in a while. And then all no, of a sudden, we haven't. And then I was like, oh shit. And then I heard this one. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're gonna talk about how this shit rises, you know. I don't know. It's just it's just silly shit, and it, it and it's all 
it's sad and how people believe it and it's sad how people bring it up and the whole the whole fucking thing is just just pathetic really it's 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 i need attention i'm more dangerous than that i need validation yeah you know a lot of these people are like i believe these things so i'm gonna just scream it at everybody and try to get as many people to believe what i believe because god forbid i'm wrong (laughs) right you know and it's just like fuck off it was like on on that podcast that I was talking about. The guy was talking about because what was I listening to? Oh, I was listening to the War on Christmas, which they were saying was all complete bullshit. Um, they were saying that the uh, they go, yeah, they go. It's like the guy you meet on the street, you know, when you hear these conspiracy theories. They come up and they start talking to you, and they're like, yeah, you know, the world is this, that, and the other thing. You're like, okay, you know, yeah, they make some points, you know, some bad shit going on. He goes, and then it's when they start linking the dots, like 30 seconds in, that you start going, yeah, yeah, it's because of this, that, and you're like, oh, I get it. You're just crazy. It's like, oh, you're <laughs> a fucking nut. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, now I see how this is all working out. <laughs> it's like, good Lord, dude, come on. What are we doing here? Uh, all right. So um, finally tonight, uh, you look closely at the picture at the, a picture that I have linked in the show notes. And you can see a small bulge on the crease of this. Uh, this is actually from the, uh, actually, I should start off this way. This is from, I believe it is the Verge. Uh, and uh, actually, I can check it real quick. Let me see. Um, I want to give the right. Uh, yeah, it is from the Verge. So it's from the Verge. And I'm just going to read this uh, some portions of this. And Adam and I are going to have a little good time with this one. That's right. (laughs) So, from The Verge, look closely at the picture above and you can see a small bulge right on the crease of my Galaxy Fold review unit. It's just enough to slightly distort the screen and I can feel it under my finger. There's something pressing up against the screen at the hinge right there in the crease. My best guess is that it's a piece of debris, something harder than lint for sure. It's possible that it's something else like though like the hinge itself is a defective unit pressing uh, on a defective unit pressing up against the screen it's a distressing thing to discover just two days after receiving my free unit more distressing is the bulge eventually sharp pressly sharply press bleh, eventually press sharply enough on the screen to break it uh, and you can see the telltale lines of the broken LO, um, OLED conveying on the spot where the bulge is Whatever happened, it certainly wasn't because I treated this phone badly. I've done normal phone stuff like opening and closing the hinge and putting it in my pocket. It did stick to a tiny piece. uh, We did stick a tiny piece of molding clay on the back of the phone yesterday to prop it up for a photo shoot, which is something we do in every phone video shoot. Or so perhaps the tiny piece that stuck um, stuck into the gap on the back of the hinge and then around or through its clogs until it lodged in in between the screen and the hinge, it's sort of like Charlie Chaplin getting caught in the gears in modern times. Uh, or maybe something just caught in one another and the little gap somewhere else. Or maybe it was pieces from the hinge itself breaking loose and working their way up into the screen. I don't know. I just know that the screen is broken and there is no obvious prox- um, there is no there was no obvious proximate cause for the bulge that broke it. I certainly haven't used it on a beach or shook it in a bag of chips or anything, just normal use. We've seen worries about scratches on expensive phones and debris breaking the keyboard on expensive MacBooks, 
but a piece of debris distorting a screen of a $1,980 phone after one day of use feels like it is an entirely different level. I reached out to Samsung right away to get a statement, and it took about 24 hours for the company to put one together. The gist of my, uh, is that Samsung is looking into our unit and also warning users not to peel off the protective layer at the top of the screen. Also, I have, however, received a replacement unit from, um, from Samsung, and I think the first one is on a jet to South, um, to South Korea for Samsung's engineers to take apart and diagnose. By the way, it appears I'm not the only one reviewing the phone who has had a problem with the screen. Mark Ehrman of Bloomberg also broke his, and that's perhaps because he removed the protective layer that looks like a screen protector, but definitely isn't meant to be removed. It looks like retail units on the Galaxy Fold will include a warning about not removing the protective layer, but review units don't seem to have included included this one. Another thing people are worried about is the plastic screen scratching or picking up nicks easily. There are already a couple of minor dings on my unit, and they are minor enough that I didn't see them until our photograph, our photographer zoomed all uh, way in to show me, show them to me. If you look closely at the edges of the screen, there's a sort of a built-in screen protector on the front, on the front of the device. Samsung calls it a polymer layer. It's not designed to be removed, so please don't try it if you get your hands on a fold. But while creases and the nicks feel like comp- um, compromises you could live with, a dangerous, a mysterious bulge that breaks the screen is something else entirely, especially one that happens after just a day of pretty normal use. It's a problem that is unacceptable for a phone that costs this much. Yeah, Steve um, sent me this video a few days ago, but I I forgot about it, and then um, I watched it. It was today, right? This yeah, morning. This morning. And um, that's exactly what I said. The phone's too fucking expensive for this kind of bullshit. Yeah. You expect like, this from like a like a prepaid Samsung phone, you know? That you, yeah. yeah. And even then, the prepaid like my I bought my kids Samsung J threes, and they're fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, so I it's, have, it's whatever. That Samsung Galaxy prepaid. It's the cheapy the cheapy one. I don't yeah. have a ding on it or anything. It's like going, you know, it's like what the fuck, dude? It costs eighty bucks. Like, what are we doing here? And, and it's just it boggles the mind. First of all. This phone itself is silly because it has too many moving parts. It's yeah. it, the more complex something is, the the more it's going to break. Like the easier it's going to break. Like hinges on a phone, no thank you. Right. I take my phone out too many fucking times a day to be dealing with hinges. Those things are going to be worn out. Look at laptop hinges. Yeah, <laughs> you know they they wear the fuck out. Yeah. That phone is too fucking expensive that phone better suck my dick when well, i get it well what about two thousand dollars remember those tablets with the hinges where you could turn it into yeah. a laptop and that those things broke you well know. i mean there's some that are okay but they wear out it's a wear. it's a part that wears out yeah you know it's just you got to do what you got to do but it's fucking i don't know and it, the phone looks so fucking clunky and and then i was even too i was watching that video um and he would close the phone and it would he would close it hard enough for it to go like click like to hit yeah. i'm like how long until the screen breaks cuz of that yeah cuz they said like 200 times of of opening it's like yeah well there's a difference between that and actual like how you actually absolutely handle the phone cuz um 
who was it? Oh yeah, it was Marquise um, Brownlee. That was the video we're referring to. You can find him on YouTube. Great guy, but he has tons of awesome videos. Yeah, and um, and I stumbled onto this one because I hadn't actually watched his videos before, but I stumbled onto it when I was uh, on my on the YouTube page. It just randomly came up, and I was like, oh, and I listened to him, and I was like, oh, okay, this guy's legit. Like he, you know, he was excited about the phone, but now he's like, now because it broke, he's like, I'm going to be a little more careful, you know. And he was excited about the what was it? Um, Google was it Google that has is ha- no 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 it wasn't Google there's somebody else is coming out with a oh um, um uh, I want to say LG but I'm not sure I want to say Huawei but I don't think it's Huawei yeah, um but another phone that's coming out that has you know has the uh the fold and he was excited about that but now a lot of people are like well I'm not sure how these are going to work out if that's how clunky they are now keep in mind too there was oh it is it is Huawei oh it is Huawei, Huawei Mate X oh that's it yeah yeah um and uh. The that p- one's weird because the screen's on the outside. Yeah. So it's basically the front and back has a screen and then you can open it. Which doesn't make sense as far as like damaging the screen. Well, that's the problem too. And he even said it in the video that because it's a flexible screen, it's not glass anymore. Right. It's plastic. So scratches are incredibly easy to get on this thing. Yeah. And it, and not only that, we have a fucking – the screen's being pulled up by people. Yeah. Because they think it's – I mean you guys got to get it together. Like it's a little fucking ridiculous. Well, even that polymer layer that they were talking about, they said, you know, don't pull it. And it's funny too because I saw a picture on Twitter from T-Mobile or uh, yeah, somebody that had uh, – for T-Mobile. And it showed the thing that says this is a protective layer. Do not remove. It kind of reminds me of those mattress tags, you know, that you see like do not remove with the force of, you know, going to jail or something like that if <laughs> you remove these things. Uh, but – they said that they weren't on the release models. And I'm like, if that's a polymer thing, you should have that in there. Like, it should be in the box. And the guy showed part of the video where he did an unboxing, and he goes, you can see there's no notification that, hey, don't pull this off. Because if it was me, I would have thought, oh, well, this shit comes off. You know? Not only that, you shouldn't design something that costs $2,000 that you have to warn people not to break. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So funny, if you pull up the Verge review, which you got four out of ten stars, um... The first line is, this is going to be a weird review. (laughs) Like, and I love, I respect The Verge. The Verge has always been pretty unbiased in my opinion. Um, But no one is liking this thing. Yeah. It hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. And the review, and a lot of the reviews are tainted because it broke so quickly. You know, a lot of people have that and it's like going. And Samsung has said nothing. All they've said is that, oh, well, we, you know, the screen isn't supposed to come off. We're looking into that. Oh, and by the way, the protector shouldn't be pulled off. That's it. It's like going, really, guys? Come on. And some people are, you know, when I first heard it, I heard people already making the Note 7 reference, you know, the fire sale one. And I was like, okay, let's calm down a bit. Then when I started reading into it, I'm like, you know, this could be kind of justified because this is, this, is, this is a thing nobody needed. Nobody asked for. They said, just from the review, Good stuff. A tablet-sized screen that folds in half. Okay. Excellent performance. Okay. Great battery life. Yeah, it's got two batteries. Yeah. I love how I that I love that when they were doing the thing like this revolutionary technology. We can. I'm like you're daisy chaining batteries. That's that's the new <laughs> thing you've invented. Like get the fuck out my face. Um, bad stuff. Screen durability is bad at best. <laughs> Display quality and awkward as a phone. Like it's supposed to be a phone. 
Yeah, that's what we for, kind of forget. Can't do that right, <laughs> and then we kind of forget that. We kind of forget that this is a phone. You know, everybody's looking at the whole tablet thing. We forget it is a phone. It's like, you know, remember the remember those old um, uh, laptop batteries, those square like laptop yeah. batteries. It reminds me of that. Like, hold that to your ear. You know, that's kind of it's what too this, much. This, this is what it reminds me of. So, you know, Adam and I laughed at this. So you can listen back when we go to is episode three twenty eight. You know, Galaxy's gone crazy. And we just were like, who asked for this? Like, I, this is going to be a disaster, if anything. Like, I have, I have a Note 8, okay? The majority of people that pick up my phone at work or whatever say the phone's too fucking big. It's a Note 8. Right. This phone is almost double that size <laughs> in both thickness and width. Like, who's <laughs> buying this? But it folds yeah. like that's oh, the thing. Like God. that's the thing. It's like, but it. And folds. I'll say it again. I said it in the beginning. The only reason I'm happy this thing even exists, and that Samsung did it, is because other people will do it, right. and it's the new technology of the flexible screen. I want that to be developed out. But in this kind of thing, eh, yeah. like this is a gimmick. It, it's even if it was successful, it would have been niche at best. No, I. You can miss me. Two thousand dollars. I, I can for two thousand dollars I can buy a bomb ass tablet and a bomb ass phone. Well, what the thing is is that you know everybody's like it sold out, and I'm like, yeah, but how many did they make? It's easy to say something sold out when you when you made you know. And also, it sold out on pre-orders. Selling out on pre-orders is easy because no one's touched it. Yeah. Well, also selling out on pre-orders, you never know how many they had to pre-order. You right. know, it's like oh well, we have seventy five percent of ours are gone. Oh, it's sold out. You know. Out of a hundred, you could. Oh yeah, we sold out. It doesn't matter. You know, it's like oh, they sold out. Like that's impressive. But how how much did they have to offer? You know, we've seen sellouts on fucking Nintendo Switches, and then we know how how Nintendo likes to, uh, you know, tighten that, tighten those uh, pre-order models. So, but we'll have to see what happens. It comes out this week, so you know. I just like. <laughs> It sucks too because we're going to record our last episode before the, the the note comes out. I mean, before the flow comes out. I mean, let's let's use we'll use Apple shit as since they're the king of tablets. We'll use Apple shit as an example. So, I could buy the the regular Apple tablet, which is comparable to whatever the fuck this thing is as a tablet, for like three hundred and twenty dollars, and then I can buy. The newest iPhone, best of the best, fuck it, for like what? What is it? Twelve hundred? Yeah, somewhere around there. And I'm still got five hundred extra to pay the rent. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't fucking, I don't get it. Right. And then I was talking to a friend, and I said that same thing. He goes, "Yeah, but this is in one thing, so you don't have to." I'm like, anyone who needs a tablet and a phone on the go has a tech bag. Right. That kind of person has no problem. Like I have a backpack that I carry with me to work every day. It's got a slot for a tablet. Like it, that kind of person does not mind carrying <laughs> those two devices with them. Yeah, you know, it's 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 just foolishness. And honestly, the, a lot of stuff that Samsung's been doing, especially this, and then some other stuff too, um, it's got me thinking. I need to switch to a different phone next uh, next upgrade. <laughs> Yeah, all the, I've been I've been a Samsung user for a long time. Yeah, me too. But I'm thinking of going I'm thinking of going back to Apple. I'm thinking about that or the Pixel. I'm still on the fence. I don't I don't know which one, but I am leaning more go, Apple I than anything go, else. I thought you were going to go Yahweh. 
<laughs> no, I don't. I don't need everyone listening to my phone call. <laughs> it's bad enough the person that I'm talking to right. has to listen to me. <laughs> uh, and it sucks too because Huawei comes out with some really fucking cool phones. I know, but they did like going, oh, but I really don't want to be on their radar. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's like if Russia made its own phone. Oh wait, they make their own antivirus. Sorry, <laughs> so they already Russia have. makes um a really awesome uh, diver watch called the Vostok. And it's it's so Russian, it's painful. I'll tell you later because it's not really for the podcast, but it I want one. <laughs> like it's so fucking cool. Uh all right. Well, that is our episode for this week. Thanks for joining us. If you want to help us out, there are two ways you can. One, you can leave us a review wherever you get the show. Recommend the show to your friends. Two, if you really want to help us out, you can donate. You can head over to thelazygeeks.com and click the donate button. Yes, and you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thelazygeeks. Twitter and Instagram are both at thelazygeeks, all one word. And you can send us some feedback, comments, suggestions for episodes, your favorite conspiracy theories, or pictures of your broken Samsung Fold. <laughs> yeah, yes, definitely send those. If, you're, if your Fold breaks, send us some. Because, but I doubt our, our base actually has the money to buy. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's half and half. Half can't afford it, and right. the other half aren't dumb enough to spend the money they <laughs> have on that's it. That's true. That's so, true. So, because honestly, first of all, the phone's not even out yet. So we talk shit about people that don't exist. The people that got it, I guarantee you the reviewers wouldn't have bought that phone. Oh, yeah. Like, they have it because Samsung gave it to them. Like, that dude that did the review, I forget his name now. I always forget people's names. He gets shit left and right. He's one of those cats that's always reviewing the new shit. He ain't paying for that. <laughs> Fuck out of here with that. Um, I heard a lot of times they have to give that shit back. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. Um, anyway, thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. All right, and if you want more content from us, just head over to the blog, thelazygeeks.com. Thanks for checking us out. So until next time, live large. If you ain't living large, you ain't living at all. Mm-hmm.